This is the Brisbane Football Review with your host, James Coglin. It's a miracle this got off the ground in the first place. Scott Owen. Adam, that's Park de Paris. Put some respect on the home of Queensland football. And Adam Pace. Look, I think of what other choice you have. Starting now. Well, summer is winding down. That can only mean one thing here in Queensland. The MPL is back. Welcome to the 2022 MPL and FQPL Queensland season preview here, preview here on the Brisbane Football Route. Scott and Adam with you, as usual. Adam, how are you? Oh, I'm good, uh, Scott. We were, we were planning to go with a three-man team, but um, yeah, circumstances means that uh, it's the uh, Sunday crew that's going to be uh, doing this preview. It is. It's a bit of our pre-season. So just because it's pre-season doesn't mean I want less of effort from you. This is this is just intensely <laughs> like round one, please. Yeah, I always try and give my best. Absolutely. So this is the Brisbane Football Review, and our coverage will continue for the Football Queensland competitions all season long as they did in the last couple of years. You can listen on Clutch Radio or wherever you get your podcasts. Adam, we really enjoy covering the local competitions, don't we? Oh, yeah. Look, it is. It's uh, it's a lot of fun. And also as well, I guess, you know, being a sort of bystander and, you know, and well, mind you, I have to declare uh, some interest. But, uh, but yeah, but overall, you know, just sitting back and actually watching, you know, all teams go around. You know, and at the end of the day, we sort of, you know, hope for the best for Queensland football and, you know, and a, a tight competition. I think we have that in the top flight this year. Absolutely. We do our best to remain impartial, or at least some of us <laughs> do. Do our best. Some of us do anyway. <laughs> So if you're not unaware, we do cover the MPL men's and women's as well as select FQPL and FFA Cup ties over the course of the season. You can follow those on our social media platforms on Facebook at Brisbane Football Review, Twitter at BNE Football. And Adam, I believe you've just launched our Instagram account. Is that correct? Yep, that's all of them. You don't want to give that a plug? Ah, uh, uh, no, nah, it's all good. For now. <laughs> For now. Okay, all right, fine. All right, so... So there's been a couple of changes to the league, as you'd expect, Adam. We've we'll got to talk about who, who's gone up and down in a minute, but it's dropped down from a 14-team league last year to 12 teams in a 22-week season. Does that sound... That's, that's about right. It seems that it'd be that they've now lined it up with the leagues below, so it's basically the same number of teams across the board, and everything starts this week, which makes sense to us. At least on the men's side, things start this week. Obviously, the, the MPL women starts in a couple of weeks, but on the men's side, it's all lined up quite nicely. Yeah, I think um, obviously with the realignment of the um, competitions uh, uh, with uh, with the uh, football Queensland reforms, I think now it does it does allow for a shorter season, even though it is two teams. Uh, that's four less rounds, and which sort of I know from time to time. Now, obviously, with the weather as being as unpredictable as it, as it can be, having uh, a less less sort of games per season at least then allows for. Um, Allows for you know more breaks and I guess less player burnout. So and and you know make up rounds where you know we're necessary. So I think it's a good thing. But also as well, what I think it has done is having a look at you know and we'll, we'll go through teams teams prospects you know one by one. I actually think it is it becomes a competition where there's really no place to hide. Um, in the past, you've had you know, a number of teams that maybe were not up to scratch and not as competitive, which then sort of you know really had a big divide. I actually think you could almost make a case for, you know, a number of teams, you know, a majority of the field is, is you know, to at least, you know, make finals. And I, I think it's going to be a fascinating season. I think the small, the more compact field of uh, clubs, I think, does does that. 
I think that's the general expectation for this season. That it will be a much tighter league this year, given that there is fewer teams. The quality of those teams is much higher. So I think it's going to be very, very close this year. I think there's no doubt about that. It'll be very interesting actually to see how close that mid-pack gets, because we've seen in the last few years there was a pretty established top four, and the Raw broke into that this year, or last year, I should say, Adam. And I think this year there's a couple of teams in that chasing pack who look like they might be able to take that jump forward. Oh, absolutely. I think it is a very, very tight tight competition. Like, I, I do think that the, you know, the big teams, of course, they'll be there again. Um, but yeah, look, I think there might be a couple of surprises just, just looking at you know, the field. And, and at the end of the day, it may come down to depth. You know, who, which squad, you know, not just the, the starting 11, which squad can carry that that squad through. And that, that may, um, for a number of teams, you know, determine their, their, their rise or fall as far as you know, the competition this year. Absolutely. There's a couple of things we need to go through before we do go through the team-by-team team breakdown in the NPL Queen. The first of those is the broadcasting, Adam. NPL TV, which is where the football Queensland competitions have previously been found in the last couple of years. That's recently been relaunched under Clutch Radio or Clutch TV. So that's a, it's a great platform. But it, at the moment, I think there's four or five leagues on there of which football Queensland's competitions are not one of them. Do we, it seems like they might be going back to their previous arrangement of the YouTube streaming as well as select games on Facebook. Is that what you think might happen because we haven't heard anything either way to this point. Unless something breaks in the next 72 hours, uh, yeah, oh, look, I think that's the same arrangements as we've seen for the Australia Cup preliminary uh, rounds so far, which you know, Facebook and YouTube you know, on Football Queensland, um, on Football Queensland's accounts. But uh, look, that's not unusual. Well, before MPL TV Mark 1, um, that's where that's where the, um, the games all appeared. So, um, look, I think the best thing to do is wait until uh, Football Queensland, you know, make an announcement. Absolutely. And the other thing we need to talk about, which is just came out today or Tuesday, depending on when you are listening to this, was the AAFC's report into a potential second division. Now, we won't go into that in too much detail here, Adam, because I think we both want to go away and read the report to fully digest exactly what they're talking about. But it's fair to say, if there is going to be a second division launching either next year or the year after, there's some very ambitious clubs out there all, all around the country, particularly here, in Queensland, we're starting to see a few of those teams really start to position themselves quite nicely to to potentially jump into that competition, aren't we? Absolutely, yeah, I think I think so. I think that's that's the next step in the evolution of Australian football in this in this um in this era that you know the the, the whole with uh, under James Johnson sort of you know, you know sort of you know leadership at Football Australia that you know to complete the full pyramid from the A League right down to the grassroots and the uh, and the national second division is the next logical step as far as you know bridging that gap between the professional leagues and the grassroots leagues. Absolutely, there's no doubt it's something we all all very much would like to see, but we'll have to wait and see how it all pans out. But it's good to see that there's movement in that direction. All right, so now we will jump into our club by club preview of the 2022 MPL Queensland Combatants, and we'll start. With the defending champions, Adam Lyons FC finished fourth in the regular season last year, coached by Darren Sutton. They went through and won back-to-back grand finals, their third in four seasons. And as always with Lyons, there's a bunch of high-profile recruits in the door, most notably the league's highest-profile off-season transfer of Andy Pangeli from Peninsula Power to Lyons. Joining him is Matt Rydenton, the former Wellington, Newcastle and and Brisbane Raw A-League men's player, Aidan Munford, joins from Wollongong Wolves in the NPL New South Wales, as do Jackson Hartfield and Hassan Ramazani from the Raw Academy. So it's a massive pool of ins there, Adam. On the way out are Luke Boreen and Jordan Freena to Brisbane Strikers and Max Mickler to South Melbourne, while Marty Smith has retired. So a couple out. 
but those ins are some high-powered ins. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, look, the one thing that we learned, we've learned last season, you can just never count lines out. And even at their lowest ebb uh, at, during the season where they were running seventh and, you know, the, the final sort of, you know, series seemed to be, you know, getting away from them. They, they In the second half of the season, they turned it on. And, look, the, these recruits are no shock. You know, Andy Pangeli is a huge signing. You know, whenever you can get the, you know, the two-time golden boot winner, you know, it's your club. Uh, that's almost, you know, goals, you know, goals straight away, but also as well, the supporting cast is not bad as far as recruits. You know, Matt Rydenton's going to be, you know, he's an experienced player who's who's played over 100 A-League games, so he's really going, you know, to steady up the the um, the midfield, and uh, a couple of young prospects in Jackson Hart Phillips and Hassan Ramazani uh, to, to, to go with that. So, and also Aiden Munford as well, probably the Probably, probably one of the best uh, goalkeepers sort of at this at this level. So Lions certainly they they may have lost a bit, but they've also as well they've they've, they've more than offset it with their recruiting. Absolutely, and I mentioned earlier there's a couple of teams who have seen you position themselves quite nicely for a spot in the second division. It always seems like the Lions are trying to move into a little not trying to become professional, but it seems like they're looking for players who are more of that. Mode. Look at who they've brought in. Andy Pangeli has had an opportunity overseas before he came back after the, before the after what happened with COVID and obviously Matt Wright Denton's had a, a vast experience in professional football. Naden Mumford's been around that setting as well as the two young raw kids. So it seems that they're looking for players who seem like they have ambition to go further, but also have that professional mindset. Yeah, and also as well, I think it's just they they want to be the dominant team in Queensland. And uh, look, I think they go they go a long way to um, to at least you know on on the pitch and on paper, you know, really sort of you know have, have strengthened up and you know their their title defence uh, as, as as far as you know grand final they may they may very well be in the calculations to be the first three time champions in Queensland. They may very well be. Just quickly, how big a loss is Luke Boren in his beanie in goal? Uh, look, I think I think it's a big loss because I think there's there's um, normality in the past. But look, I also think Aiden Munford is well up to up to the task. It, it is the the only fly in the ointment is that you knew that you know over the season Luke Borium was you know I guess yeah you know, it was a constant until he he chose to go as strikers this season. Aiden Munford, there is there is a risk that you know he is that good that you know it may be a season two before he gets pride or prize away to a professional club or even, you know, one of the down south clubs, which may, you know, then leave a very, very big hole at the at, in, in that in the goalkeeping ranks at Lions. So that's something that, you know, I guess the only downside to that. But, um, but yeah, look, it is a big loss, a big personality, but I don't think it's completely unrecoverable. It's just going to be hard not used to seeing that beanie in a Lions, uh, in a Lions goalkeeping kit. We'll get to where he's gone to later on. But first, let's hear what the coach of Lions did, Darren Simon. So we caught up with him on on the weekend ahead of their final preseason game, which they played against Gold Coast Knights. Let's see what Darren had to say. All right, John, the coach of Lions, Darren Simon. Darren's talk to us once again. Good to be back. This season's just about to go the way the boys are ready to go. They are. Uh, you know, we've got the game today. Uh, it's one of those games where... You know, we still want to get some stuff out of it, but we also make, want to make sure that everyone gets through it and get their minutes. So, uh, no, the boys are ready. Yeah, last season was another very successful year for Lions. I imagine expectations this year are to repeat that. Uh, yeah, I mean, we certainly had some success towards the end of the year in regards to winning the final. Uh, you know, as a group, we we want more. We uh, 
I mean, just like every other squad right at the moment, I mean, the goal has to be to win the league, so that's that's what we have our eyes on. There's been a bit of a turnover this year. It's the first time for Lions in the last years there's been a bit of squad turnover, and you guys coming in like Andy Pangeli, Matt Rodgers, and name just a couple. What are you looking for from those guys now? They're starting to settle into the group. Yeah, listen, I, I think we had quite a significant change last year. We had a lot of players coming in as well, so we've probably got about the same number coming in. A lot of uh, ex-Lions players returning, which is nice. So the boys have gelled really well. There's a, you know, at the moment there's a really nice feeling about the place. Uh, they've pushed each other. The new boys that have come in have been magnificent the way that they've added value and, and pushed the existing players to beyond their comfort zone so I couldn't be happier with the, the new additions. We took a couple of new boys at the back to replace the retiring Marcus Smith. Is it looking quite good that new back line? Yeah, yeah, it's very young. It's it's you know they're they're very um, you know they love love to, to break that first line so obviously as a as a Lions player we need players at the back who run the game both with the ball and without and they all are very, very comfortable on the ball. Uh, they're very, very proud defenders as well. So everything we've seen so far in training and games would indicate that uh, these boys are, are going to be putting on a show. Everyone we spoke to me said that you're going to be the favourites of the league. I imagine that's exactly the way you'd like it. Uh, well, I mean, that's convenient for everyone to, to say that we're favourites. So that just heaps, heaps the pressure on us. But... That's nothing that we aren't familiar with. Um, you know, there's no amount of external pressure uh, matches the the pressure that we put on ourselves and our expectations. So, uh, if that's what people say, then good luck to them. But uh, we're just focused on making sure that we win next week. What's funny you mentioned next week? Capalbar away in round one. I think last year you needed snorkel and flippers down there for that game. Didn't you? Looking forward to a bit of a we have lost waterlog game this time around? Uh, yeah, hopefully. Um, and obviously we hope to pick up three points. We didn't do it last year. That is still fresh in a lot of the boys' minds. Um, so when we saw that we uh, we drew Capalabar away, um, you know, that for me, it makes it a lot easier in regards to making sure that the boys are focused because, uh, yes, the boys are still hurting from that last yeah, so they're uh, they're going to go out and make sure that that doesn't happen again. Good luck with that. Good luck over the course of the season. Darren, still just once again. Thank you, boys. Look forward to it. And thank you to Darren Syme there for that audio. We'll move on now to what we'll call the chasing pack out, in which were the three teams who joined Lions in the finals last year, starting with the 2020, 2021, a big fun, MPL Queensland Premiers. Peninsula Power, they did finish first last year, lost in the semifinals to Lions SC up there at AJ Kelly Park, and they've had... Quite a bit of an overhaul in their squad this year. In Brody Boyce and Dan Cutler from Sunshine Coast Wanderers, Solomon Waldemarium from the Brisbane Roar Academy, Daniel Morgan comes in from Maritzburg in South Africa, Anthony Poliak returns from MPL Victoria. Well, on the outbounds, we've already mentioned Andy, Pen- Andy Pengley, we won't go over that again. They've also lost Luke Plummer to Brisbane City, Brendan White to Heidelberg, and Connor Booth and Daniel Cunha to East. They also did sign Harry Talbot from the Roar Academy. But he has moved on, Adam, to the Central Coast Mariners Academy, and we wish him all the best down there. But that's a pretty sizable change in the squad there for the back-to-back defending NPL Queensland Premiers. It's interesting you look at it. It's uh, almost you know a rebuild after being you know, crowned two-time premiers. But um, what they what they've repl- obviously you're not you're not going to replace um, you know the your golden boot winner very very easily. Uh, 
But uh, but like I said, they've they've also lost um, some you know experience in a lot of, and also as well, you know some some regular faces from from those those, those premiership years, you know, with, with Luke Plummer and Daniel Cunha, you know, moving on. But um, but yeah, but also as well on that regard, you got two uh, players uh, immediately from Sunshine Coast Wanderers and Brody Boyce and Daniel Cutler, who you know were up there amongst the best players in the league last last season, and um, so the unknown anti. Anthony Poliak, um, he he did play he did play very well and scored goals, you know, for each two years ago. So he he gets to you know play for a top club here, and obviously as well coming back from Green Gully, who were one of the you know one of the better teams in MPL Victoria. So so yeah, so it's it's a very very interesting you know mix as they look to I guess a rebuild. Rebuild is you know something a word you could probably use, but but yeah, but I think the one question I have for you, Scott, is that um yeah, how do they actually replace um the the goals from Andy Pangeli? It's a good question. I mean, because he did score an overwhelming majority of goals from the good thing is they do have options in their squad who are known to score goals. I mean, Daniel Cutler, I think he was up there last year in the goal scoring charge. I mentioned Anthony Poliak's very prolific both here in the NPL Quinter and in the Southern Conference down there with Green Gully. So there's two options right there you can turn to. And if if and when Sam Cronin gets himself back fully fit and we hope it's not too far away. He's an option as well. Also, Jake McLean out of midfield is good for a goal. So they do have options in their squad where they can get goals from. But there's no doubt that without that focal point Andy Pengelly provides, it's going to be a different path to goal this year in terms of the way they go about things. Yeah, and also as well, I guess the other sort of interesting, um, I guess, dimension that may not have been as present as much for potential power in the last couple of years, that it's more of a youth, youthful um, looking side. Obviously, you know, the addition of Simon Weldon-Merriam, uh, Tom Sutton, who's a young keeper who's come up from MPL, and also as well, some of the, some of the um, homegrown talent in the form of Malachi Loves Tamira and George Ewicker. So I guess, you know, What's your take on on that? You know, that you know, potential power finally starting to to sort of bring in some youth as well as bring in players, you know, for experience. They've got some good youth up there, haven't they? That haven't really had their opportunity in the last couple years. The guys, the young kids you mentioned did pretty well in limited minutes last year. I think we're going to see more of them this year. They also brought back Reese Bath from the UK, who's a young player who's been playing over there. So they've certainly gone for a younger mix this year. And Adam, I know Solomon World Marion is a young player who you really. Really, when the first time we saw him play in the um, in the Roar Academy a couple of years ago, he's the player who really caught your eye. He was, and um, look, he, a couple of years at, at the Brisbane Roar Academy. Um, look, I actually think it didn't really look like it's worked out for him at the academy. But uh, so talking to people around the traps as well, and so from what my own observations, I actually think that this is a good move. Some young players, um, you know, in the in academy environment, they, there's only so much of a cap they get to where they get a little bit too comfortable. Whereas I think, you know, playing with grown men, playing against grown men, I think it may actually see the best of him come up. And as we've seen with players like, say, Dylan Wenzel Halls, um, it's, it's a case of there's more pathways now. Just because you don't earn your way through the academy up to the A League of that of the A League senior squad, it doesn't mean that the, that your career is over as far as choosing a professional path. That you know players more and more in the A League and with expansion with you know, national second division, there's going to be opportunities for players to come out of the academy, go away for a couple of years. And then, and then, you know, show their best form and then, you know, maybe get shot at a professional contract, maybe at 24, 25. Solomon is still a very young player and he's got a boatload of, of potential. So I'd be very interesting to see how he progresses as a player 
you know, playing in a senior competition all year round. Absolutely, one to keep an eye on for sure. And to your point, it's a good one you make. Not, not, you don't have to be in an academy to make that level. We've seen a couple of players who've made it to the Raw in recent recent months with Henry Hoare and Jez Lofthouse. They mm. they came from the MPL into that A-League men's setup. Now, speaking of the young Raw, we'll move on to them now. So they finished second last year, lost in the semi-final to Olympic FC, coached by Chris Grossman. In terms of players that they brought in, Adam, it's a it's a pretty short list for the for the young Raw. Nick O'Connor comes in from South Hobart in the MPL Tasmania. Alec Mills is in from Melbourne City down there. I think he was in their youth setup down there as an MPL player. Jacob Mudnich, who scored a great goal at the weekend, comes in from Kapalabar, as well as James Classen, who's a young goalkeeper from Gold Coast. Nice. They have high hopes on. So that's the players in. But with the Raw, it's about the players who they've let go of. And it's a pretty extensive list. So Nathan Foster's gone to Morton Bay. Jackson Hart Phillips and Hassan Ramazani two lines. Keegan Yelich has gone to Olympic. The aforementioned Solomon Watermariam and Harry Talbot have both moved on to power and Central Coast via Peninsula Power, respectively. Bavin Atwell has gone to the Gold Coast Knights. Jackson Riley has gone to Gold Coast United. So, it's a lot of players who've moved on, and it seems like this is a bit of a reset for the Raw, doesn't it? Absolutely. I think I think that's one thing we expect every year out of Brisbane Raw, especially this is probably the second, there's the, the the, the last season was probably the second year of the cycle where we saw a lot of these players get two seasons at MPL, um, especially those players that we mentioned as the outs. But what I think is actually a very, very good sign is that um, you look at that list of players that you just read out, Morton Bay, uh, Lions, Lions FC, Olympic, Peninsula Power, um, Gold Coast Knights, Gold Coast United. So these players are not going to FQPL2 when you know, they're going to the top sides in the MPL. So I, th- I think that's, that's also a good sign that their development, maybe, like I said, they're not ready to go from the to go from the Raw Academy side in the MPL up to getting a senior contract style or even a scholarship. But again, it's an, it's another pathway for them. Uh, but I think it also as well, what and you touched on the um, the lack of players in, Does it, is it sort of, I guess, the birth of, a new cycle for the uh, young Raw that you know that they're going to rely heavily on their under 23s side that that made the uh, grand final in the 23s and went down to Morton Bay last season and maybe even their under 18s. I think it is. It's, it's, it's they, those teams did do very well last year and a few of those guys like your Luke Broderick, your Lachlan Johnson, your Josh Demarco, Kane Gibbs, etc. These players got their opportunity at the back end of last year in that MPL men's setup. It did, did pretty well in fairness to them. So they, I think they'll get their chance again this year. But I do think this is a bit like two years ago where they did make they did ha- make the um, National Youth League Grand Final and they moved that generation of players on. Then they brought through that that most recent generation of players which made it to an MPL men's semi-final last year. So I think this is the start of a two or maybe three-year cycle for them where they do look for that next wave of players in that under-18 side, which for them would be... 15, 16-year-old kids playing above that age gra- age grade, they'll look to move them into this side here, Adam. And I do think in the next couple of years, they will return to being a contender. I think this year, they'll be back to what we've seen from them more traditionally, isn't it? where they're about a mid-table sort of a side who can certainly challenge teams. I don't think they're going to be perennially contending to win every game, but they were last year. Yeah, that's. I think it's the one thing as well, is that you know, I think while I guess the ambition will be there to you know, to try and repeat, I think uh, I think it's going to take a, a mighty effort from the next generation to to you know to to match what they did in 2021. But also as well, I think the one intriguing so, uh, I guess intriguing thing from this squad is that you know will we see 
any you know fringe A league players get some minutes, especially early on in the season. Yeah, I think we both have differing opinions on this. I'm not sure we're going to see too many of them initially, to be honest. I think a lot of them are currently involved in that A-League men. So look at Henry Hall, for example, who is, I think he's eligible to play in this team. I don't think he's playing in the Raw Academy anytime soon. I wouldn't have thought maybe a Jez Lofthouse or a Cyrus Demi, if when players get fit, might get an opportunity. But I think in the initial phase, it's going to be this young group. And then maybe later on in the year, if those players need minutes, you might see them. But I think for the start, it'll be the younger group. What about you? Because I think you have a bit of a different take. Yeah, look, I, th- I think it's, again, you know, maybe maybe you'd like to see, especially with the A-League season, especially if they're chasing, the senior team is still in the hunt for the um, for finals football. That You know, I think the best thing is maybe we'll see, man. So as far as I'm saying, I, I think, you know, we're, I, myself, I'm pretty sure that I'm not the only one that's almost begging that, you know, that Warren Moon dispatches Jez Lofthouse down uh, to the MPL side for a certain round two game against the side that you're just about to preview. Yeah, speaking of that club, I don't think that his former club, Olympic FC, who we will now jump on to talk about, will be overly thrilled to see Jez Lofthouse returning to the NPL against him in round two. We'll have to wait and see if that does happen. But since you brought up Olympic, we will move on and discuss it. They finished in third place last year, made it to a fourth successive grand final before falling short once again to Lions FC. In terms of recruitment, Adam, it's been... They've made a couple of signs, but not too many. Keegan Yelich is in from the Raw Academy, as we mentioned. Zach Kierpel from your local club, Morton Bay United, is one I know that you're, you're a bit heartbroken about. But they've also <laughs> been two very good players from Japan. Takeru Okada, who, who previously played for Wollongong and Heidelberg in the, in New South Wales and Victoria. And, and Teira Yoshimura, who's a bit of a fullback from Japan as well, are in. The big loss, though, is Phil Lazerman. He's a, he's a fantastic player, Phil Lazerman. That's a big hole to fill. But the, the signs they've brought in are very good. Yeah, look, uh, to to Carol Carter, um, he probably actually he probably might be if you're talking about high profile signings that you know I guess that those of us that sort of maybe watch a bit more than just Queensland and the A League, he he is a very very good player. Like I, I almost look at him as that. Uh, I'm I'm thinking yeah uh, he may be a, a, a Tasukia type player. That, and that now he may be able to have an impact, um, you know, on on so on this league in general. But um, also as well, Taiyaro Yoshimura, I think he might be a throwback to uh, Kazuya Ito, the, the uh, Olympic legend. I I actually fancy that he may actually had something to do with the um, the Japanese sort of you know imports for uh, for Olympic being. I think I think he's still an ambassador there, but uh, but. No doubt he's a legend of the club there. Yeah, Zach Kierpal, I think, gets an opportunity. I think he's um, trying to put all sort of, you know, local sentiments aside. I think he gets a big opportunity. And obviously, his, his performances for um, Morton Bay has certainly gathered the attention of Ben Khan and Olympic to sign him. And uh, look, Keegan Yelchich, we, we all know what he's capable of. And, you know, he you know, could also be a breakout player in this league um, this season. But uh, look, at the end of the day, um, we, as good as Olympic has been, you know, four straight grand finals, um, is, is there a point where, you know, the, the sort of, you know, the hammer's going to be out on Ben Khan and his squad to actually start, you know, putting some trophies in the cabinet? Uh, possibly, but there's not a lot wrong in the last four years there at Olympic. You've got to look at them. They've made the FFA Cup or the Australia Cup now three times in that time span as well. They've finished second in the league twice. They've had 
I think they've had three home semifinals, not including last year. So they've been right there and they've been in the grand final four years now. So they're, they're right there. It's not a lot wrong. It's just in that final moment. It just seems like it's just not, doesn't seem to click for them on that day. So I don't think there's a lot wrong. I wouldn't put there's too much of pressure. I think the science is brought in a really, really good. Takeru Ricardo is a player who I think is going to be really impactful for them. I mean, a player he knows quite well because they coached against him in that state v state game a couple of years ago. So good to see some scouting being done there. But I think the, the front third is fascinating with the amount of players they've got there, Adam, in terms of the, they didn't lose too many out of the front third from last year's squad, and they've added a couple in. So I'm intrigued to see how that's going to line up and see what what their first choice front line looks like because it could be devastating. Oh, absolutely. Um, like I said, they, they resigned Shannon Brady. They so, resigned uh, Costa Saros. You had Okada. Uh, you had Keegan Yelchich. You know, you know, to, to that mix, you had Zach Kierpole. Um, and you also got Daniel Lech, Lech as well. I think who I think will go back to his more natural, you know, midfield role. But uh, yeah, look, if it feels like, if I was calling it, um, I'm thinking I'm thinking a front three of probably um, Brady, Okada, and Kierpole leading the line. But uh, look, I don't pretend to know and see what Ben Khan sees, and that's that's going to be fascinating itself. But there's a lot of firepower. But the one thing over the question I have for you, Scott, is that um, like I said, there is a very very big hole in that midfield. There is. I think, I think it'll be up to someone like Steve White, who's been typically played a bit further forward as a number 10. I think he'll drop back into a more a deeper line playmaker, or maybe alongside somebody like a Lachlan Sayers in there or a Prestige of Padwell or someone like that alongside him as a younger player coming through to provide an opportunity for them next to someone with, like Steve White with his great experience. I think that's probably the way that they'll go, but that's the one position which we know what a great player Phil Lazam is, and it's a huge loss to the, to the MPL because he's not playing in this league this year. He's gone back to FQPL two, I believe, with Surface Paradise Apollo. So that's a it's a great pickup for them, but he's a massive loss, isn't he? Because we, to me, he is the best, like pure holding midfielder in the competition when he was there last year. Yeah, but and also and also as well, I guess uh, if you were missing me, I asked, well, what's your what's your opinion on the front third for Olympic? I tend to agree with you. I think it'll be Brady on the right, Carter on the left. I think Kipal through the middle and Lech potentially just behind them. And they might mix it up at times with Saros in behind and Lech up front with Kipal. They've got a lot of options. I'll probably be, probably for the first third of the year, toying around with a few different ideas. But I think the the one you mentioned of Kipal, Akata and, and Brady is probably the way I would go. And also as well, they did also re-sign uh, Shelford Dias, who was also playing as a number nine for the majority of last season as well. So that's six attackers. And Keegan Yelchich as well is in the mix. So uh, it is a very, very high-powered um, f- uh, attacking for Olympic, which, look, I think maybe that might be the key to it. Their defence has always been good. Uh, Zach Anderson's also is back as well. So And um, Danny Driver. So, look, I think... I think the attack and actually, you know, be able to score goals in the big games, they've got plenty of big game players. They do, and they've got plenty of big game experience. Now, we'll hear what the three coaches of these three clubs have to hear from. So, first, we'll hear from the assistant coach of Peninsula Power, Ben Ryan, followed by the, the head coach of the Brisbane Royal Academy, Chris Grossman, and finally, the head coach of Olympic, Ben Carr. Let's see what they had to say when we caught up with them over the weekend. Right, we're joined now to the by coach of Peninsula Power, by Ben Ryan. Ben, let's talk to us once again. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, good to be back season's just around the corner are you ready to get underway i think so i think it's the same every year you, you know your pre-season's great because you're back uh, but, uh, the, the real the real stuff is uh, is what gets you ticking and uh, yeah one week to go now so we're looking forward to it 
last year was obviously another very successful year for Peninsula Power, back-to-back premierships. I should imagine that was a very, a very satisfying feeling to not to knock that off. Yeah, and um, not many teams have done it before, so I think we're only the third ones to do it. With Strikers and Lions, the other two, so it's you know great achievement. And um, but it's kind of gone now, isn't it? Yeah. And you, you've got to start again. It counts for nothing. It is a new season, it's a bit of a new look squad as well. You've got a few changes. Are you impressed with the way the new players are integrating into the squad? Yeah, look, a lot of young players we've brought in. Um, and one thing you, you find with young players is that they're always hungry and, and eager to learn. So we've, we've had no dramas with them. They've all come in, they, they all get on really well. Um, I think most of them have all been in school together or played against each other in school as well. From two different schools. And, uh, yeah, it's a good Young players, this is almost like the start of a new generation of potential power. It's the last four or five years since you joined the FQPL and MPL side, it's been largely the same core of players. Is this the start of a new generation up at AJ Kelly Park? I think so. I think, um, would we have chose to do it? Probably not, but um, the circumstances with, with four or five players moving on, um, obviously, we were in control of who we were. who has such as Andy Pengelly. Um, how are you going to go about replacing his goals after the Golden Boot win the last couple of years? It's difficult. Uh, you know, 30 goals a season, I think this is probably says what you would have to say. Pengelly will get year on year. Um, and it's not easy to find someone who scores 30, so maybe other players have to chip in. Maybe we have to, you know, adapt slightly to the way we play. But, um, yeah, obviously it's it's a loss, 30 goals a season. It's, it's always going to be difficult what are your thoughts on the league as a whole this year in terms of who's going to be challenging? Is it going to be the same same contenders or do you think someone's going to pop up from that midfield back who's maybe recruited quite well? I think Lions. Yeah, yeah I think if you finish above Lions, you'll win the league. Yeah. And I think they think that as well. <laughs> I think they probably do. Looking ahead to round one, are you looking forward to that matchup? Yeah, as I say, I just can't wait to get the season going. Um, Brisbane City obviously newly promoted, you know, won every game, didn't they? Um, so they're going to come up full of confidence and... Um, yeah, it'll be, it'll be an interesting game and uh, what we've got to be prepared for. There is a trophy on the end of that, the Foundation Cup. Is that something that's important or is it just about getting the three points underway to start the season? Uh, yeah, it's, it's only important because it's attached to three points. Yeah. So, put it this way, if we draw and we win on penalties to win the Cup, I, I'll not be bothered. I, yeah. I, it's, it's not, I'll not be going home saying we've won a Cup. Thanks, Ben. Congratulations and good, oh, sorry, good luck for the season ahead. Thank cool, you very thank much. Thank you, uh, we're joined on the CPB by the coach of the Brisbane Royal Academy, Chris Grossman. Chris, thanks for talking to us once again, mate. No problems. Good to chat. Season is just about to get underway. The boys are all ready to go, I imagine. Yeah, they are. They are. It's, uh, it's been a long pre-season and, uh, you know, a lot's happened between end of season and, and start of this year. So we're looking forward to getting back out there. Today's another opportunity for our, our younger group to, to get some minutes in their legs. And obviously within that, we've got a few uh, A-League boys stepping down as well today to, to, to get what they need out of the game. So, um, yeah, it's a good, good test today. The last couple of weeks have been you know, very good games for us in good preparation for the season ahead. On the MPL squad specifically, though, it's a very, it's, a, it's, fair, it's a new group because we lost a lot of players to the A League squad and to other clubs. It's, a bit, it's just the start of a new cycle for the for the Royal Academy this year. Um, I suppose a, new, a few new faces in. I think new cycle. It's uh, it's one that I've tried to talk to the boys about all preseason and tell them that it's it's their opportunity now to step up. I don't want to start from square one again. I mean, we want to be extremely competitive again this year, regardless of 
you know, what quality that, uh, that has moved on. I mean, we've had some very good players come through the system and for whatever reason have moved on this year. Um, and I wish them all well. Um, but there's a really good opportunity for these younger boys to, uh, to step up this year and show what they can do. I think uh, we haven't really recruited that heavily because we believe in what we've got here. I think they just need that exposure now and hopefully when they're ready to step in, they can uh, show what they, they can do. Last year was obviously the most successful year the Raw have had in Nippa. Does that sort of give confidence that this year that this group can do something very similar? Is that the kind of challenge you set to them? Uh, yeah, it definitely has to be a challenge that, that we set to them. I think expectation you know, of, of last year is probably a little bit unrealistic as... Uh, you know, as, as, as it is a young group, a lot of them probably haven't played uh, any NPL games as such. So, um, you know, that is the bar we are going to set. But, you know, it's probably it's probably not a target that realistically, uh, you know, we're, we're going to hit. We want to be there. I want to be playing uh, finals football again. It was a great buzz last year, although it was a, a shorter stint than what we wanted. But, um, you know, it's an extremely uh, positive young group. They've, they've got some talent. It's just up to us now as coaches to, to unlock that. So we've seen over the course of the summer a number of players from your squad have progressed into the Alex with Sam Klein as Louis Zabala for a couple. That's obviously a really incentive for the young players you do have in your squad that if you they perform, that opportunity is there because clearly Warren is watching and there's opportunities at that level right now for players. Yeah, it is. It is. I think uh, that's a massive bonus of, of our program is at the end of uh, at the end of our NPL program, there's the opportunity to, to become a professional footballer. I think uh, Louis is a terrific example of that. I mean, he came to us uh, start of pre-season as a player that was relatively unknown and uh, was probably in the top three midfielders in the league. So um, for him to get an opportunity to play a league, something where we're extremely proud of um, as a program, not just as a coaching staff. And, um, you know, Sammy Klein as well got some minutes in, in the cup and, and the league as well. So it's something that the boys are looking at and saying, I want to be there. But as we spoke about before, it's a big jump from, you know, 23's MPL football to A-League, which we have to try and bridge that gap quite quickly. Yeah, just finally, you've got Gold Coast United in round one. So you're pretty familiar with what are your thoughts on that match and how they've gone about their preseason. Yeah, it'll be it'll be uh, be a tough game. I don't think there's any easy games in the NPL this year. I think uh, you know they're all going to be tough games, regardless of you know where teams finished last year. I think every team's recruited very well. Uh, I think the top four teams have uh, recruited exceptionally well, and I think everyone else within that now is uh, is going to compete every game to try and get whatever they can out of out of games because you know it might be one or two points that separates uh, um, you know staying up and going down. So you know we're going to continue to push. We want to be with uh, with the big boys again this year. So although we've got a young group, our expectations. Um, we don't put too much pressure on our young boys, but at the end of the day, we want to be playing final football again. So that will be our our challenge. Whether we're there or not will, uh, will depend on how our boys go. Very interesting what happens. Chris, thanks for your time and best of luck over the course of the year. No dramas. Cheers, lads. Okay, we're joined on the season review by the coach of Olympic, Ben Carmen. Thanks for talking to us once again. Yeah, no, not, nice to be with you again. Uh, the season's just a few days away from kicking off. Everything ready to go over there at Olympic? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Had a good pre-season. Um, yeah, done done some experimenting. Um, had a really good look at where we're strong and where we're weak, and yeah, I think we'll be ready for round one. Another really good year for Olympic last year, but not quite the ending you were looking for. How do you look back on it in, in hindsight? Um, last year was a tough one for us. Uh, I think we were probably, um, in terms of our attacking capacity, in terms of where we've set the set the bar. Uh, in years past, I don't think we really hit those levels. Um, I think with you know with five games to go in the season, we were um, fifth or sixth in the league, and we managed to you know scrape home. Um, had to do it a little bit ugly, um, which is which is great to know that we've got it in us, but but obviously not not where we um, you 
know, not where we wanted to be. So I think we'll be expecting to, um, uh, you know, be, be at a higher level this year and try and get closer to to um, where we want to be in terms of performances and what we look like. Um, having said that, the league looks exceptionally strong this year, and uh, I'm sure that there won't be an easy week. So um, yeah, we'll we'll be prepared to scrap and and do it tough if we if we have to. But um, yeah, we we'd like to set the bar a bit higher than than we uh, than what we achieved last season. Absolutely, looking ahead to the 2022 team now. You brought in a couple of other young players from around the NPL, Keegan Yelovic and Zach Kirby, but it's a couple of Japanese players you brought in who look quite good. What can you tell us about them? Uh, yep, um, Takeru Okada um, came from Heidelberg. He was at Wollongong Wolves before that. Um, he played against uh, our Queensland team for New South Wales a couple of years ago as well and did really well in that game. Um, we, um, yeah, look, we just, just felt last year that we... Um, I mean, I think it was it was a well-known fact that we we lacked a, a number nine, but I think we also lacked a bit of um, creativity and, and variation in the front third as well. So Tacky will bring us um, a different dynamic, and um, yeah, he's technically really really good. Um, he's you know very mobile, very good in tight areas, uh, very good one v one. He's a good finisher. So yeah, we're really um, expecting expecting a good season from him this year. Um, and uh, Antaira uh, Yoshimura uh, is, a, is a left back who has only been with us a couple of weeks, so he's still taking taking some time to to adjust and um, find his way here. But yeah, he's um, yeah he's really strong. Um, known about him for a long time and had dialogue with um, his representatives in Japan for you know for for many months now. So it's really it's nice to see him here and settling in. I think between them they'll make a good impact and know. Um, Olympic historically has a has a good Japanese connection, and we've um, we've been really lucky with the Japanese players we've had here in the past. They always bring bring something really good culturally. They're good trainers, um, really good people to have around, and, and I think they, um, they 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 go a long way to uh, lifting the level of the competition. Absolutely, hopefully you found another couple of gems there from Japan. But you mentioned you didn't really have a number nine last year. Zach Kipo, you brought in as well. He should fill that forward. How's he settling in over there at Goodwin Park? Yeah, Zach's, Zach's really good, and you know, I think that uh, we have to remember with Zach that he's still he's still very young. He's eighteen, so you know, I certainly don't want to um, heap a lot of pressure on him. Um, I, I mean, he scored a lot of goals in preseason, um, which is obviously really pleasing. He's uh, he's something that we missed a lot last year. You know, he's really hungry to get in the box. He's really determined to score goals, and however they come, uh, good, bad, or ugly. Uh, he's, you know, he's a real physical presence. He's very quick, very powerful, uh, very good in the air, very strong. Um, and he's, you know, he's he's still adjusting to to how we play and, and the type of role that we want from him. But uh, I, I think it's really evident already for us that he's um, he's filled a gap in terms of um, being present in areas um, that we we very rarely occupied at important times last year. In terms of players that you've lost, the big one would be Phil Lasby. He was such an important part of the way your side played over the last number of years. How have gone? How have you gone about filling that hole? Um, We've we replaced that from, from, you know, from what we've got within the squad, and we've, you know, we, we've, we've tweaked a few things and experimented with a few ideas. Um, we're pretty confident that we'll look. I don't think you, you can replace a player like Phil Lasby, player for player. There aren't very many like him. Uh, you know, he, he had a very unique skill set. Uh, he's probably the best ball winner in the league, and, and such a 
a strong presence for us. Um, but we, um, rather than try and replace him like for like, we've looked at it as a chance to try and evolve a bit and, and give opportunity to other people to grow and expand their skill sets. And, and hopefully, they, you know, we will we'll lose out on, on what Philly brings in some capacity, but we may gain in other areas. It should be a very exciting league. And for you, it starts on Sunday at home to Eastern. So it was a bit of a local derby to start. We're looking forward to a good crowd down there at Goodwood Park in that one. And what have you made of, of East so far? Have you seen much of them this preseason? Um, yeah, firstly, I think, I think there'll be a good crowd. I think that um, there's, uh, you know, speaking to a lot of people around here, there's good anticipation around the season. And when we play East, it's always, um, always a, a decent crowd. So I think it's a good one, uh, a good one for the season opener. Um, yeah, I watched East at Caborcha, um on Friday night. Uh, yes, look, really strong team. I think that they, you know, they're always, you know, they've always got the capacity to hurt teams. Very good going forward. Uh, midfield's really strong, and they've um, and they looked, yeah, they looked really organised defensively and didn't give Caborcha too much. Um, hard to read too much into the game. I know that at about the 60 minute mark, it was a bit of a um, you know, lots of changes came in, so hard to look at anything beyond there. But yeah, look, we'll, we'll have an idea of how we'll approach the game. Mostly focus on ourselves and uh, very, very aware of where East are strong, and we'll do our do our very best to try and um, eliminate that threat, the threat as best as we can. But yeah, expecting expecting a good game, and yeah, we'll do everything we can to get the three points. Should be a very good game. Start the Ben. Thanks for your time today, and good luck for over the course of the. That's what. Peninsula Power, Brisbane Roar Academy and Olympic C had to say here on the 2022 MPL Queensland season preview for the Brisbane Football Review. Adam, we'll move on to talk about the chasing pack, as we've dubbed it here, and we'll move to a side which unexpectedly missed the finals last year, Gold Coast Knights. They've got a new manager, Scott McDonald, in to replace Max Rag, who moved on at the end of last season. I think they finished sixth last year, Gold Coast Knights, but they've been heavily active in the recruitment market. There's no doubt about that in terms of players that they have brought in. They brought in Mirza Maratovic, the former A-League men's player from Wellington Phoenix and before that, the Brisbane Raw. They've also brought Tyson Martin in from Brisbane City. They've got Janiel De Silva and Christian Brimora in from Interstate, as well as Pasquale De Vita, a late addition from Southwest Queensland Thunder. He replaces Jai Ingham, who initially joined and played in their FA Cup tie against Wilm Victory, but he's moved on to... South Melbourne, also on the outs for them are Jason McQuarrie to cross town to Gold Coast United. Roman Hoffman, the club captain, went to Brisbane City, and Marek Madley, he's gone to Rochdale Rovers. Adam, so they've lost a bit of experience from their team, but they've recruited very nicely, haven't they? Under Scott McDonald, what are you expecting from them this year? Look, I expect I expect them to be uh, contenders. I think you know to take it to Melbourne victory albeit their their sort of their second string team in that FA that FA Cup FFA Cup uh, round of sixteen tie. I think it, it yeah after playing there that's the first, that was the first game they played together as a group uh, under Scott McDonald. So obviously you have to expect that they would have come on leaps and bounds. And we saw them um a brief Briefly on the weekend at the uh, preseason championships um, at, at Lions, and look, they, they look look a very very good side. So I, I, I expect um, big things from them, and I expect nothing less from a Scott McDonald uh, coach team. But um, look, there are you know, plenty of plenty of outs. But um, yeah, but I guess you know the one. I guess the one thing it begins and ends with how does Scott McDonald go in his first season in charge? Well, we know he's got 
his pro license from UEFA, so he's got the the credentials to do the job. And I think we saw in his first game, anyway, coached against Melbourne Victory at the start of the year in the cup in around round of 16. They were quite good, weren't they? They were really competitive for 60, 60, oh, no, more than that. They were competitive for about 80-odd minutes in that game. They took it to extra time, and unfortunately, they ran out of legs in the end. But I think he'll do really well. I think he knows, I think he has a very clear idea of what he's looking to achieve down there on the Gold Coast, and he's certainly got the backing of of that football club down there to do it. So I think he's, I think he will do a really good job down there. And I think they'll be a contender once again this year. And I think also as well, importantly for them as well, is they've, they've kept their spine as well. Like there's been a lot of turnover, but also as well, keeping lots, Josh Langdon uh, in goals, uh, having you know, Max Brown and Mitch Nichols in midfield and Kaita Paldo, who, you know, really sort of turned out to be, you know, another player who was a Brisbane Royal Academy player. He goes back to a men's club and he thrives. So, I think as well, with the turnover they've had and the out of experience that they've gotten, I think it's a very, very good squad. But I guess my question for you as well on this is that, like the previous years, is squad depth a problem for them? I don't think it's as much of a problem as people would seem to think. They've also got players like Austin Ludwig and and Christian Bromore. I think they've got a lot of players there who are going to be in and around the side. They've got a defender from the UK, Will Peck, as well. So I think I think squad depth for them is going to be okay. They've got a pretty good academy base down there on the Gold Coast. They've had some good young players come through. I mentioned James Class, and he's gone to the Raw Academy. They've had players like Luke Beckwith and and um, Mac, is it Max... No, I think the, um, the young kid who... Um, the left-back who scored the, won the goal against Gold Coast United in the derby. Uh, oh, let's see. But they've had a couple... Of, got, yeah. A completely blank on that. We are in pre-season mode, if you haven't tell, can't tell. But oh, Mason Cross. Mason Cross, thank you. That's who I was thinking of. They've yeah. had a couple of good young players come through, and I think they've, they're certainly capable of producing a couple of players who can help them out. So I think the squad that should be fine. I think a couple of other teams may be looking at squad that might be an issue, but I don't think it'll be a problem for Gold Coast Knights. But similarly with Olympic, Adam, what do you think of the front third? Because Christian Brymora, Pasquale Davida, Mirza Maratovic, Kai Tapaldo, you can't play all four of those, surely, can you? So how do you think, you, how do you think that front third potentially lines up for them? Oh, gee, that's a Good question, actually, because um, it's very, very, very similar players. Um, I wonder if there's a way to get all four of them on on the pitch. But if if, if you have to pick three, I actually think it goes Muradovic, Pasquale Davida, and Kaita Paldo. And I think Brian Mora might be a good choice, you know, maybe as an impact player um, to to uh, come off. But uh, yeah, look, it's um. It's a, it's a tantalising front line, and you know, almost in the mould of you know, Scott McDonald being a former striker, is this, he's gone for plenty of um, firepower. But uh, I guess one, I guess you know, a bit of a segue is is that you know how how much is the the Gold Coast derby going to be? You know, with Jason McQuarrie, who was their leading scorer last season, making the trip down the the M1 down to Telabudra. Well, they did win the last derby Gold Coast as, as we transitioned to talking about their about the club from Talabudra. They finished in eighth place last year in the MPL Queensland, and they have made a couple of very good recruits. As you mentioned, the big one is Jason McQuasse across town from Gold Coast. You know, they've also brought in Connor Smith and Liam Goulding from, from Logan Logan Lightning, as well as Michael Leaf, a player who I know you're, you're a big fan of from MPL Victoria Returns to Queensland. In terms of losses, the big one is Alex Tabillion. They'll lean heavily on their academy down there, Adam, but of the players they've brought in, it looks like they're shaping up to make that next step, a lot of experience brought in, particularly with Michael Lee and Jason McQuarrie, potentially the missing links for them in the in their quest to push for a top four spot. Yeah, I think um, Gray Peak, I think, is really sort of, you know, 
Yeah, he, he sort of had last season to evaluate what he was working with uh, this year. It looks like the, it's very, very, um, I guess, you know, very intentional signings as far as to, to really strengthen up the squad. Michael Lee becomes that, that you know, that linchpin playmaker, you know, and they said they've obviously got got a lot of experience in that that front three where you expect obviously Jason McQuarrie will have a heavy role, but you've got, as we like to call them, the Bash brothers in um, Sam Smith and Jared Kyle as well, who I believe both will possibly be back. So that's a very, very good and and experienced front line as well. But um, also as well, like Ollie Dern you know, comes from the uh, Raw Raw Academy as well. He joins his brother Josh, who, who looked like a very, very good player as well, and Jackson Riley in goals, which will, you know, he, he may he may get his opportunity at some point. So look, I think it's a it's a very, very good side. I think this is probably their best chance to really um to, to really look at at you know really challenging for that top four because they're a side that's on paper for a number of years have looked like they've had the potential, but it's never really worked out. What what do you think? I think I agree with you. I think, I think last year, I think we all, all three of us, including James, thought they would be decide who would most likely to potentially push into that top four if there was a change. Ultimately, it proved to be Brisbane or Academy who jumped in instead of them. But I think you're right. I think they've got a lot, everything you would want, haven't they? They've got that front third of, they've got, in addition to all that, they've also got Shane Smeltz back. So he's if he's mm. going to play, make some appearances, that's another elite player in that front third. And defensively, they might not be the bigger names, but there's some really good players in that backline. Guys like Tyler Wagstaff and Zahi Addis who are really growing into that role. So I think defensively, it might be a little bit more youthful, but they've got absolute quality in that middle to front third. And I think now they've got that experience there. They can manage out the games as well. And they've got the Bash Brothers, as you, as you just dubbed them, to do some enforcing in the front third as well. And they are obviously both elite goal scorers, two players who score plenty of goals as well. So they've got plenty of goals in them, plenty of experience, and I think they're a team to really keep an eye on this year. Yeah, uh, I think one thing also as well we have to be wary of, especially is, you know, uh, well, I think what sunk Gold Coast United last season was the fact they had so many rescheduled games and, you know, washouts, uh, which which really made it difficult to see where they actually were at because um, they spent the majority of the season you know near the bottom. But that was that was a bit bit like Perth Glory situation in the A League at the moment. That wasn't because they were struggling as a team. It was just more so because of you know, the lack of games that played in comparison. It was very very hard to know where uh, they were at. And also as well, the border closures as well really, um, really wrecked them, um, both on the men's and especially on the women's side, where which we'll, we'll talk about in a few weeks' time. But um, I think you remove those factors, I think they they become you know instantly you know contenders. Obviously, their location down there at the very southern end of the Gold Coast certainly did hurt them in terms of players being stuck on the wrong side of the border. They couldn't necessarily field their absolute best team week in week out. Now those those issues have thankfully been resolved, and we will see the best version of Gold Coast United from round one, and hopefully we'll see it for the full season. Now we're going to move on, to Adam, to a team from your neck of the woods, a team near and dear to your heart, Morton Bay United, finished in seventh place last year under head coach Royce Brownlee. In terms of recruitment, there's not too much to speak about from Walter Park. The big one in is Marquez Walters from Preston in MPL Victoria. They've also brought in Jeremy Stewart from Sunshine Coast Wanderers, so a couple of goal scorers there, as well as Nathan Foster, the strength of the goalkeeper options from the Raw. We've already mentioned the uh, aforementioned losses. That Kierpal to Olympic. They've also lost Ethan Grimley to the Strikers, as well as Sam Dickinson and Daniel Champ. So a couple in and a couple out. It's largely a similar squad to last year, Adam. And the question will be, 
can Marquez Walters or somebody else in that squad score the goals that Zach Kiepel and Ethan Grimley provided last year because it was a healthy percentage of the goals they did score? I think that that's that's going to be the biggest question over this season. Yeah, you know, is you know where where do they get find twenty goals? And that that's very very difficult for any side, and that that shows how you know much that you know Zach Kiepel and Ethan Grimley both you know meant to that attacking lineup. But I think where I think the positive signs are that you now they bought two natural goal scorers, Jeremy Stewart, obviously for Sunshine Coast for both Fire and Wanderers. You know, as a known goal scorer, can really pop up and score a goal. Marcus Walters, I think, you know, we may, you know, for the sake of Morton Bay, hopefully we see the best version of him, at least the one that we saw glimpses of when he was at Brisbane City before he moved over to the Raw Academy. Um, and obviously, and then maybe to the time away in Victoria may have sort of, you know, developed him as as a player. But I think the, the biggest re-signings, I think more than anything else for Morton Bay is uh, Rio Ono, who I thought, you know, you know, had an outstanding season. He he seems to be getting better every year that he, he that he's been here. You know, and um and yeah, I think he he can take another step forward. And and also as well that I, I guess the reason why there's not much um movement on the transfer front is because Morton Bay do have the under twenty three champions, and there are a number of you know very very high highly prized um young players that will be given opportunities by Royce Browning. Because at the end of the day, Morton Bay is also their ethos is also about you know you know produce giving opportunities to younger talent. And they, they have got a number of you know, very, very good good players. You know, I think it's someone like a Bailey Ratcliffe, I think, you know, definitely, you know, from an attacking point of view, could be the one that could be the next Zach Kierpol. Um But like I said, I, I'm, I'm interested to hear what, what you think as an outside, because I'm probably a little bit biased. What, what do you reckon as far as, you know, they, they can do as far as bridging that gap about, you know, finding those 20 goals? I think you're right. I think it's going to come from within in terms of the players that they've got. So you're right, they have been a club who've really given young players from their from their academy and their setup over there an opportunity. And they've really benefited from that in terms of what they have. And I think in the players that you can look at, players like a Will Gulo, a Will Edmiston, even somebody somebody like a, a Joe Scott, who they brought in last yeah. year in that front third, who they they did pretty well last year. I think there's extra levels that they can get to as they as they now start their second year in the Mort Bayno first, but also Rio Ono. We saw what a great player he was last year. Someone we all, I know we both enjoyed watching, and I'm sure plenty of other people did as well. He's another really top player, and I think he's got more he can bring as well in terms of what he can provide. So I think it's going to be what they can get from the players who are there. But now that they don't have that focal point of Zach Kierpel, who was so, he was such a focal point for them. A young player, obviously, but he was someone they really did look to as a, as a goal-scoring threat. Now that he's not there, some of the other players now get that opportunity to step up. I think they've got some really good young players who we've already seen in the NPL space that can step up and do that, as well as, to your point, the under-23 players. So I think that's where they're going to look to to find the goals from. And also, as well, uh, Mr. Mita, also um, forget to mention Lyndon Farr as well. I think he's also, as well, someone who can potentially, you know, score a few goals. And, you know, and he has actually scored a number of very vital goals in big games as well. So, um, yeah, look, Morton Bay, I think definitely, um, like I said, they, I think they can overcome it. But whether, you know, they, they're able to sort of, you know, sort of get over the hump and really challenge that top position, uh, they're going to need a lot of luck and, you know, and a bit more consistency, especially in their defence. That's all it needs. It's just the consistency that unfortunately let Morton Bay down. Like, I, know, I know you could talk about them all day mm. and all night, but we do need to move on to the Sunshine Coast. Wanderers, who finished in fifth place 
last year under Paul Arnison. A fantastic effort from the boys up there from Budder. In terms of players they've brought in, not too many. Kyron Walters just comes down from Mackay. Magpies, of course, the former Mackay and North, North Queensland United player. He comes down from up north to join them as an op- option up front. Harry Sutherland joins from Sutherland Sharks in the NPL New South Wales. A couple of boys come over from Sunshine Coast Five. But in terms of the players who've left, Adam, Brody Boyce, Daniel Cutler, Jacob Fullock, Jeremy Stewart, all moving on. That's a lot of firepower that they've lost. And Kyron Walters is a really good player, but they're going to need him to be a real focal point to replace some of those goals, aren't they? Oh, absolutely. Like the, the losses are big. Um, they're probably the probably the majority of their their best of their best players have moved on. Um, and, and speaking to um, Liam, Liam Fitzsimmons, who himself had a very very good season last season as a left fullback, um, they said that it, that he, his view was that a lot of players, uh, although of the type of Brady Boyce and Daniel Cutler, they're great they're great players and they're always going to move move on at some stage and um but they they they're looking again to to shock to shock the league again you know they they going they always seem to be going in as you know no one expects them to do any good and um they they're ready to shock again and uh Kyron Walters I think is a very very um very very good sign he's been an outstanding player up north and uh I think he gets his opportunity you know, for for the Sunshine Coast Wanderers, um, and uh, look, Harry Harry Sutherland, you know, any player that can sort of you know obviously get a run, you know, in you know in the New South Wales top league, obviously you know comes with you know a decent pedigree, but also as well, it's going to be the, the players that are left, like the aforementioned Lim Fitzsimmons, and also Ethan Galbraith up front. I think you know they they're going to be key, and I wouldn't necessarily write them off. I, I still think that you know. A good, well-coached team, which what Paul Arneson has has sort of really instilled in them, um, and also as well having a fortress like Bounder Park, which has tripped up a lot of teams. You know, you know, especially last season. I, I think you know you you, you write them off your own peril almost. It does. They've got some really good young players there, guys like Oliver Duncan and Harry Arneson as well, who we've seen come through and played really well the last couple of years. And I think you're right, Harry. Oh, sorry, Ethan Galbraith, a big part of him was one of the revelations of last year as a goal-scoring threat for them. So, well, they have lost a lot of fight, but they do still have some. They've got some experience, and I think they're going to... Do you think that this... It's it's a big ask to back up what they did last year, isn't it? When most people thought they'd be a mid-table side, and there was a point with about a month ago, and we were thinking they may very well end up not just in the finals, they might end up in the top two, and it unfortunately fell apart from right at the end, but it was such a remarkable season from last year. How do they go about backing that up, do you think? Oh, look, I think they just got to do what they did last year. I think they've, they've, they've got to play that unpredictable style of football that they did. Um, like I said, it is going to take an almighty effort to even emulate that, you know, and finish in the, in the top six. Um, you know, and it will it'll come down to whether, you know, the the uh, the gains, you know, will out, out sort of um, will offset the losses as far as, you know, they've had. Because like I said, as we said, there's some big, there's some uh, big, big uh, losses, but uh, look, uh, they, they, they've got every opportunity to, to emulate that. They've just got to, you know, do what they did last season and execute. Absolutely. So that's what we think of those four sides. Let's hear what the coaches of Sunshine Coast, Wanderers, Gold Coast Knights, Gold Coast United, and Morton Bernard have to say when we caught up with them over the course of the last couple of days. That's what they had to say, and we'll be back after this. How are we doing now on the preview by the coach of Gold Coast Knights? Gold Coast talk to us. Yeah, no, welcome, more than welcome. Uh, pleasure, pleasure to talk to you guys. I'm sure this will be the first of many. Uh, so I imagine it probably would be our season. Is this yeah. about the way your boys ready to get the season underway? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's been a long time in coming, uh, particularly for me. Now it's been about five months. 
It got announced probably uh, end of August, so it's um, just looking forward to it. It's been been a good build up for us. Um, obviously, for everyone, it's been difficult times with the, the whole COVID scenario as well, with uh, players coming down with it here and there. But hopefully, we're past all that now, guys, and we can just have a, a good old season. Fingers crossed, we are that's been an interesting start for you obviously and the FFA Cup so it went really well mm. is that a really good gauge in terms of what your squad is capable of? Um, I think it was a good gauge for us in terms of because it was our first ever game together um, in terms of the squad that we've assembled as well and um, I think in a short space of time how far we've come in that period um, and, and the work now we've put in pre-season also I think we're in a great place so um, we're just really enjoying it at the moment the buy-in's there and uh, really just look forward to the start of the season the pre-season results are, you know, sometimes they're, they're good things. Sometimes, you know, I've been I've been around a long time, guys. I've lost every game in a pre-season and uh, managed to win first game and then vice versa the other way around. So um, can't really look into these games too much. It's just about getting the legs ready and the mentality right. And when we play against Logan next week, hopefully uh, it all bodes well. Yeah. Um, expectations for Gold Coast obviously very high. Last year was a bit of a disappointing one. And what are the expectations this year? Is the finals a benchmark or is it pushing for something beyond that? Look, I think um, you guys know as well as I do that. Do you think I'm here just to be a finals person? <laughs> I don't think so. People can say, oh, well, you know, um, a big job and uh, pressure's on you. If you don't win, it's, you know, they're, they're very volatile and all this. What have I done for 20 years? I, I played to lose. I didn't play for pressure. Of course I did. So this is great. <laughs> Makes me laugh. Um, so, no, I mean, obviously, the ambition is the ambition. It's the same as everyone else. If you set out not to win the league, then you're not in the right frame of mind in the first place. If you look at the derby coming up in a few weeks, you played in much more fiery derbies than the Gold Coast. Are you looking forward to that matchup against you? Look, yeah, for me, it's a million miles away, though. I, all my focus is, is just Logan away. Um, everything else is a non-entity for me right now. Not even what Lions are going to do, what Pen Power are going to do, whoever. I don't, I don't care. I really don't care because it's about what we do and, and we've got to get the results right at our end to have a chance of doing what we want to achieve this year. So, yeah, it's, the focus is solely one week to the next at the moment. In terms of players, you've already got first round. I think my whole group is, a, is an experienced bunch now. We've got some real talent there and hopefully a few surprises along the way as well from what we've recruited. It's been a big changeover of players. I think it was needed at the club. It came a little bit stale as we've seen at the end of last season, the, the results that, that weren't there and, and where they finished in the table. Um, after a real successful period early on in the NPL history for, for the club, it's been a bit of a standstill. So um, we're looking to, to kickstart that again and uh, with, with fresh players and fresh fresh impetus and fresh ideas. So hopefully that can be the case. Just finally, you mentioned you've got Logan away in round one. They're obviously an unknown entity with a lot of new players from mm. different parts of the country. Do you know much about them and what sort of game are you oh, look, expecting? We've, we've watched them a few times. I know Cootsie pretty well as well, uh, particularly from his time in Melbourne as well uh, and, and playing in Bournemouth. You know, We've got a lot of good friends and colleagues that are similar. Um, and uh, look, I, I expect what I expect off Logan all the time. You know, a tough game and you know, to be in our faces and, and to make to make it difficult for us um, right from the word go. Uh, some of the signings are, you know, Fulk scored a lot of goals in pre-season, so he's full of confidence to be a threat to us. And obviously, Green Green is a is a fantastic player, and he looks to be a guy that's going to play as a centre forward more often this year. So you know, with them two up front, they're, they're going to be a test for us. Right, thanks for your time, Scott. No Good problem, guys. Of the season. Thanks very much. Cheers. Okay, we're joined now on the season preview by the coach of Gold Coast. You know, Gray, Peter Gray, to talk to us once again. Morning, how are you? Very good. Oh, See, 
Season's just about to get underway now. I imagine you're looking forward to getting getting started. Yeah, look, we're uh, last pre-season game tomorrow, so I think uh, everyone's pretty keen to, to finish that off without uh, any injuries or anything like that. And Absolutely. Just looking back to last year, it was obviously another very difficult year with all the um, all the health issues and all the rest of it. But it was must be very pleasing to get that first win over Gold Coast Knights in the derby as a club. In terms of the players you brought in, you've got a few new, fair few new players in the squad. Are you, are you happy with the way they're integrating into the side? I guess notably Jason McQuire says we're the biggest name signing you've brought in. What are you looking for from him in the front third this year? Absolutely. Um, it's this is going to be the tenth year of the MPL Queensland Grey. Someone who's been involved in the competition from, from day one with Palm Beach and Gold Coast Knights. How have you seen the competition evolve over the last few years? Um, 
know, I think you know, all the clubs are really trying to to up their game in that sense, and, and obviously the, the market has changed to a degree as well. So if you are if you're dragging the chain, well then you're going to get left behind. So I think you know, generally speaking, that standard of the competition is improving. Um, yeah, there's more teams that are, that are competitive. Obviously, you've got the uh, you know, the ones at the mark. So then what are your expectations for this year? Is it to try and challenge for the top four and some of those bigger, more those more established, well-resourced clubs? Is that the goal this year? Well, I think, mean, you know, the first, first goal of competition to, to be even stronger than last year and obviously being a 12-team comp, it's a little bit different. Um, so, yeah, the first, first thing for us is really, you know, first thing to check off is improve on last year. So, see, more games scoring more goals, getting more points, you know, conceding less. That's that's really the first thing uh, for us, and that's the first goal um, in that regard. And, you know, if we can do that, well, then, you know, we're going to be pushing into the top half of the table, and, and, if you, and if you do better than that, we'll be potentially top four. I think, you know, with the, um, with the 12-team comp, uh, if, if you're not... If you're not pushing for the top four, then then you're probably looking over your shoulder for the bottom two or three. So it should be you know, quite an interesting competition, I think. Absolutely. It looks like it's going to be a very interesting competition. Just finally, Gray, you, you, round one, you started at home to the, to the Brisbane Roar Academy, a side who did very well last year. Looking forward to that matchup? Yeah, look, it'll, it'll be an interesting one, of course. Um, yeah, the, the you did very well last year. Um, and uh, yeah, you've seen some of those boys obviously make the step up and play you know, senior football in the A-League and equip themselves quite well. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how they go again. I imagine we'll see some of those boys uh, return to, to the NPL matches as well when, when it comes around. So we know, that, you know, we know they're going to be sharp. We know they're going to be you know, well-drilled, well-coached. And, and they're obviously... Well, they should be quite enthusiastic because if they're playing well, then, then there's a good chance they'll get picked for the senior team anyway. So, um, yeah, it's, it's going to be a uh, interesting match first up. It's definitely going to be tough. Obviously, they finished second last year. So, you know, for us, you know, if we want to tick those boxes to improve, or these are some of the games where, you know, we need to go out there, play for our maximum and, and get some points. Absolutely. Should be a very good way to start the season. Great. Thanks for talking us once again and best of luck over the course of the season. Cheers, mate. Appreciate it. I'm joined by the coach of Morton Bay United. Royce, uh, first of all, um, happy new year as far as the new season goes. Um, obviously, you've just played your final pre-season game. How did it all go as far as uh, preparation for next week? Yeah, for us, look, it was about building every game, you know. Everyone's had an interrupted pre-season, so it's, it's about getting boys on the field and getting numbers and um, trying people in different positions and make sure we're ready for next week. So um, this tournament's been perfect for us. Obviously, there's been um, a few changes, obviously, of this squad, um, namely um, at goalkeeper Nathan Foster comes in, um, also Jeremy Stewart uh, forward. Uh, how's that sort of offset as far as you lost, lost Zach Kipal during the uh, off-season? 
Yeah, look, Zach, he's you know a good young up, up and coming striker. You know what I mean. So he gets stuck in there, but you know we picked up Marquez and we picked up some experience with Jezza. So you know I'm hoping that um, the boys will adapt and fit in well, and then we continue on our way. You know, so Zachy got 15 goals last year, 16. So you know if they can go contribute the same thing, you know we're gonna be in a good spot. Obviously, key retentions, um, especially Rio Arno. Obviously, that's a, that's a huge boost for the club going forward the season. Yeah, definitely. Look, we've managed to keep you know. 90% of our players, which has been fantastic, you know. Um, this year's third year, really, they've all been together. You know, Rio's best year he's had in Australia last year. So if we can capitalise that and build on this year, um, we, you know, we'll be positive in position. And also as well, um, obviously the club has the under-23 champions as well. Uh, obviously some of those young boys who um, acquitted themselves well last season, they'll obviously get opportunities during the season. Yeah, look, we've brought and signed six of them into the first team, you know, so we've encouraged them to, to you know, go and earn a spot now and push, push push a bit harder into the first team and, you know, see what they can deliver. And obviously, uh, looking ahead to the season overall, who do, who do you believe, you know, is probably the biggest challenge as far as, you know, win the comp? Oh, look, it's, I honestly think it's going to be anyone's season this year. I don't think it's going to be out there. Look, Lions have gone and recruited really well. So has Olympic and um, so have Gold Coast Knights, which, you know, we're not, you know, no one's not... It doesn't think any different, you know. It's just going to be now, if, to be honest, if we can go out there and provide consistency and not concede the goals we conceded last year and go and score the 70-plus goals this year, I think we could be a really good contender as well. Anyway, uh, best of luck for the season and um, we'll no doubt, no doubt catch up during, during the season. No, thanks very much and happy yep. new year again. Yep. Thanks, guys. <laughs> it's Adam here from the Brisbane Football Review and I'm joined uh, by uh, the Sunshine Coast Wanderers uh, player, Liam Fitzsimmons. Liam, how are you? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Um, first of all, congratulations on a great season uh, last season by not only the club but yourself. Uh, uh, how, how's optimism sort of you know for the new season coming up? Yeah, look, we're we're in exactly the same position we were at the start of last season. Nobody expects us to finish anywhere near the top four. They didn't last year. They don't this year. So we're going in with no expectations. But we know as a team what we can do. We are one hundred percent challenging for that top four again. We've, you know, we've lost a few players, but we've also brought a few quality players in. So we're going for it again this year. Obviously, uh, a couple of uh, key players that have have left the club. Um, do you feel as though um, the the success of the last of the last season was what sort of um, drew the attention of other clubs to um, to sign those players? Yeah, I think it had a part to play in it. Definitely, I like get. More eyes were on us, and more teams were taking a bit more notice of us. But the players, Danny and Brody and uh, Jacob, that that went to obviously two went to Power, one went to Logan. They're, they're good players anyway, so they'd be getting attention from other clubs on their own. But yeah, I think our season last season did have some part to play in it. Obviously, obviously, the key uh, to last season was um, your home form at Ballinger Park, but also as well, uh, you picked up a, a number of key victories away from home. Is that something that obviously that um, Paul and and the rest of the sort of staff drills into you guys that you know the away form is just as important as making Ballinger Park a fortress? Yeah, it, it, it's it's an interesting one because it's well documented that. Ballinger Park isn't a very nice place to come. Obviously, we're used to it. We're there three, sometimes four nights a week. So we're quite used to the conditions and, and everything it brings. But we know that we can go to other other grounds and other teams' homes and we can we can change the way we play for the start. We, most teams expect us to you know, play that trademark direct football and 
in that physical nature. But there was a few games last year we went to, uh, especially some of the bigger teams, and we changed our style of play. And we we can play when we want to. We can go long when we want to. Teams don't know really really know what to expect from us. So yeah, we we can. It doesn't matter where we are. We're we're going to be the same team. We can play however we want to play. Obviously, as well, being um, the lone team on the Sunshine Coast, do you feel as though that not only you're playing for yourselves, but also that uh, you're representing uh, the region of the Sunshine Coast, which is, has a great lineage as far as you know football in this state? Yeah, look, we we are the only the only team up here. MPL team is obviously fine, and then we've got a we've got a fairly good uh, local league up here. But yeah, you know we. We try to we try to make the Sunshine Coast proud, if you like. We are trying to uh, stamp our name on the on the Queensland football scene, and if we can help, if we can help that happen, then great. It, it, but I mean, it's not something we really think about. We obviously take take each game as it comes and try and do the best for ourselves this year. If that does have a positive effect on all the other teams around here, then that's even better. And uh, final question, obviously uh, season kicks off uh, this weekend, uh, Morton Bay United you're taking on, who are a team that probably that are around the same sort of levels you guys are. Is it important, obviously, to get a fast start to the new season? Yeah, I mean, you don't like to look past the first game, but we have noted that the, the first three games of our, of our season are games that we feel like we should be, we should be beating, you know, we... Played Morton Bay twice last year. We played them at home. It was three-one, I believe, early on. I wouldn't like to say comfortable, but we made it a bit difficult for ourselves, but got the win. And then obviously down at the place, second to last game of the season, I believe we we had a red card after six minutes, which didn't didn't help our cause. But even with ten men, we we gave them a good go, and we uh, we caused them a lot of problems. So. I think it definitely you do want to get off to a fast start, and we are fully expect, expecting to get off to a fast start. So it should be a good one on Saturday. Anyway, uh, Liam, thank, thanks for your time uh, this afternoon, and best of luck for the uh, rest of the season. Cheers, Adam. Thank you. Okay, we're back here on the Brisbane Football Reviews 2022 NPL Queensland special. Thank you there to Scott McDonald, Gray Piddick. Royce Brownlee and Liam Fitzsimmons for their time over the last couple of days. We'll move on, Adam, and talk to talk about the final four clubs in the MPL Queensland for 2022. And we'll start with the promoted team, Brisbane City, FQPL 2021 Premiers and Champions. They went up without dropping a single point all season long under the, the, the tutelage of player coach Matt Smith. In terms of players that were in, they have brought in a couple of players. Jackson Simpkin returns to Brisbane City from the Raw Academy. Near four mentioned Roman Hoffman from Gold Coast Knights, as well as Luke Plummer from Peninsula Power. Players who moved on, Tyson Martin, Kai Fechner and Adam Sawyer. But three pretty handy additions there to a side which swept all before them in the FQPL. Adam, how do you think they might be able to go now that they are back where they belong? Yeah, um, yeah, like I said, it's, uh, they had a, a great season um, as far as, you know, not you know, being perfect season for, for them. And, uh, they, and those, I think they're, they're more than just going to be there to make up the numbers. I think by by the looks of their signings and obviously their, their retentions, um, those are most notably defensive um, 
signings. I think Luke Plummer's a huge signing as as Roman Hoffman. You had you had him with you know Matt Smith, who's obviously still still looks like he's going to be. Um, he'll play some part. He played. He looks like he played sixty minutes in um, the last trial game they had at um, at Underwood Park on Saturday. So he's obviously still going to be playing as well as Daniel Bowles. So so they they really have strengthened up defensively, but um, they've still got some some good players. You know, especially you know Fraser Hills as well. And you had you had those players to the mix, and all of a sudden they they really on paper have got a very strong squad. They absolutely do. Though again, it's an, it is a strong squad. It's a squad which. Um... If it was in the NPL last year, probably been really, really competitive. So I'm intrigued to see how they're going to go. They have, they have got a lot of really good defenses there, but in the front third, Adam, it's they've got Utah Hirayama, who's been a standout goal scorer at the FQP level for the last couple of years. In firstly with the Western Pride, then made the jump to Brisbane City last year. How do you think he'll go playing at the um, MPL level? Because I think he's certainly shown in that second tier he's more than capable of scoring plenty of goals. Yeah, I still think there. I think you know, natural goal scorers. I think at the end of the day, it's you're only as good as the service that you're provided. And I, there's no doubt that Fraser Hills, who you know, is this sort of linchpin as far as you know the attacking, you know, playmaking goes, is, is certainly at that level. So it's just if Hiriyama sort of you know sticks away nose as far as being a striker and is, is consistent in that um, in that regard, I, I still think you know, he'll make an impact at the MPL level. They've also got Brandon Reeves, who's uh, who's had experience, you know. You know, playing for Gold Coast United and past before making the move to Brisbane City last year, who also is welcome, you know, so chime in for goals. And they've got a couple of good young strikers as well um, that they can certainly, um, who may have also developed. So I think, you know, on paper, you know, Brisbane City, you know, you really can't sort of write them off. They've also got one of the renowned to have one of the better academies in the um, football Queensland competitions, don't they? They've had a lot of young players come out of there, underpinning their success, and there's going to be a few more this year. Yeah, absolutely. That's um, one one note thing about Brisbane City is that you know the, for the for last number of years, it's always been strength in in their young players and their, what they develop in their academy. So and the um, and they they under the under 18s from last season were were the winners. So. In, in FQPL, so certainly there's a there's a nice production line for them. And uh, the only thing I sort of am uh, sort of sort of interested, and in, I want to get your take on this, is that they haven't lost a league game in 22 matches. You know, is 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 has winning become almost a habit? Where we're now, you know, if they have a few losses, how do you reckon they they would react to that? Because obviously, if, while they they're good enough in a way, you can't expect them to go. You know, twenty-two and zero again this season. Surely not. Oh, it certainly is a habit. Winning is a habit. Losing is a habit. We saw a couple of years ago with Brisbane City losing became a habit and it ended up costing them. Last year, winning was a habit and they swept all before. So it certainly is. But I think it's very unrealistic to say that they're going to come up to the MPL level and sweep all before. There's a number of teams here who are probably player for player at least a little bit, maybe a little level above them, but. I think they can really compete with most teams. It's not everybody in this competition. We saw last year, they certainly pushed uh, pushed Lions all the way in round seven of FFA Cup qualifying. They won real opportunity against a top team last year. So I think we've seen, seen that this team is capable of it. The interesting thing is, can they do it consistently over the course of the season? I think that's what they have to keep an eye on because I think their best is going to be really good. It's just how often they can produce it. 
Yeah, no, I, I, I certainly agree that, uh, yeah, cer certainly on paper, I think that they are amongst it. It's just, again, it's consistency and whether they can sort of match match up with top teams week in, week out, where it, I wouldn't I would expect it. While we didn't see every game in the FQPL, I don't think they had to be at their best to beat some of those teams in FQPL last season. So I think, you know, it's going to it's gonna command, you know, more consistency and performance every week. But if there's anyone that can demand that, it will be Matt Smith that you know knows the importance of that consistency. He's a serial winner. There's no doubt about that, given his playing exploits. And, and now, early in his coaching career, he's already got a trophy under his belt. So we'll see what he can do this year back in the NPL Queensland. Move on to Eastern Suburbs, who have had a new coach at the back end of last year. Adam David Booth took over right at the end of last year. They've just the players that brought in. They brought in Dan Cunha and Connor Booth from Peninsula Power. They've got Kai Fechner in. Morgan Saunders comes in from Southport. And Cyan Cuba returns to the NPL Queensland after a stint in South America. And that's, he's an absolutely fantastic player. We'll see what he can bring over the course of the year. The players have lost. Josh Pinn has gone down to Heidelberg. John DeLaw's Toyoshimi has gone up to Magpies Crusaders. And Robert Kramer has returned to Redlands. So a couple out, but the players they've brought in there, it's a good group of players they've brought in. It's players who are pretty well proven. We know what they can deliver at this level, Adam. Um, for the last few seasons, East have been so hard to read that, you know, they, they've... They, uh, I like I said I, last season, I I call them they're probably enigmatic. That you know, you just did not know what to expect with them. I think the players that they've brought in this season as well. I think uh, I think it's a credit to David Booth as well. Is that it? Players that again, as as you just said, are reliable and you know can play consistent football and played you know with. You no, know, the top teams in the league. You no, know, you look no further than Connor Booth and Daniel Cunha. You know, for Peninsula Power, they know what it takes to win. Uh, Kai Fechner, obviously, you know, coming off his um, his, his um, sort of playing for Brisbane Sea last year, support for him in FQPL. Um, Cyan Cuba is, you know, he is a he is a you know, a real talent for for Gold Coast United a couple of years ago. He returns and um, look, Morgan Saunders. Um, obviously, you sort of look at you know from the Gold Coast Premier League, um, but from all reports, he is a big lump of a lad um, that you know probably will be probably one of the tallest um, strikers in the league. Um, so I'm guessing that you know, definitely that they may go. Um, they may go, you know, aerial route with him, and I think he might be a handful to stop. But um, look, you know, I'd be interested to get your take on this. Is that you know, we know the East, you know, at home against the top teams, have the ability to take points. But is that going to be enough again this year? I'm not sure. I think to your point, something about it earlier. I think the fact that it's going to be a much tighter competition this year means that that sort of they're going to have to be much more consistent, aren't they? And I think. That's to your point, they have been enigmatic, and I just want the real East and suburbs to stand up. I want to, I want to see what they are because I think at their again at their best, they've been highly competitive against. To your point, they have a great record against teams that are in and around the top of the competition at home. But it just seems like they when they play against the 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 bottom half of the table at home, they drop too many points in those games that they probably if they were able to get points in those, they'd be further up the table and pushing away. So I think it's a really good group they've got. Players like Hyungyun Sons, but probably. Those, probably one of the most underrated players in the mm. entire competition because of what he can produce in that midfield role. So I just want to see what want to see them stand up at their best consistently. If they can do that, I think they've, they've got a real chance to have a successful year. If they don't bring consistency, I think this could be a really difficult year for them because given how tight the league is going to be, Adam, I think you're going to have to be consistent 
for the majority of the season. I think the teams that are the most consistent will be the ones at the top and the ones who, who might have really good highs, but if there's too much too big of a gap between your highs and your lows, you'd probably be towards the back end of the table. So I think they're going to have to be consistent, and I hope they can be this year because they've got the talent to do it. Absolutely, and that's things like like they they really match up against a side like Peninsula Power, who uh, I know obviously they're, they're the two time champs, but um, East even going back to where in the original FQPL season, um, they were a thorn in their side, um, you know, for for a lot of those for for a lot of times. So, but then again, you know, against a side like you know Capalba and the relegated Redlands. They they'd struggle against them, so they really need to find that consistency. Because so I think, yeah, if they, if they have another enigmatic season like that, they may be closer, as you said, to the bottom than they are to the top. But if they can find their consistency, they could be in it as far as, you know, a real dark horse chance to make finals. Absolutely. Move on to now the team, which I'm going to dub the wild cards. Logan Lightning finished 10th last year under Rick Coughlin. They've recruited heavily, Adam, and it's players who... You probably may not necessarily know here in the MPL Queens because they have gone interstate. They brought in Carlos Salietier from Mount Druid as a goalkeeper. They've brought in Eddie Bibwell. He returns to the club from Devonport Strikers in Tasmania. Daniel Mitwali, a defender, as well as Nils Sands, from, a defender from Whittlesea and Bulleen down there in MPL Victoria, as well as someone like Dante Mariner, who is a more known figure that we know up here in Queens. So they have gone for players who are into an not necessarily familiar faces here in Queensland, but have MPL experience in terms of players who've lost, they've lost a number of players who were part of that promotion side when they got promoted back in 2020. Guys that Liam Goulding, Connor Smith, Matt Lugo, Feli Sharif and Adam Mega have all moved on, but they're, they're, they're the complete wildcard, aren't they, Adam Logan, in terms of they've brought in some players with MPL experience, but they're not players that people up here will necessarily know. So how do you think they're going to fare? Because I think, to me, they are the absolute wildcard. It could be, it could be a complete out of the box team challenging for top four, or it could be a team in that bottom two or three. It's just really hard to gauge with them, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. There, this is absolutely a um, side you just do not know what they can produce. Uh, look, what I do know is that you know, obviously, Rick Coglin has sort of really sort of reached into sort of, I guess, almost his, his past exports. You know, you know from. Yeah, from his time down in Tasmania and obviously as well, you know, before that, you know, really has sort of brought him players that are under the radar as far as their unknown quantity. But they, they, they look at the positions of these players, that it's a very deliberate way to build build a squad. Um, look, I think Dante Mariner, I think yeah, he'll start to show, you know, glimpses of his best of what brought him, you know, to the Brisbane Raw um, set up, you know, a few years ago. Jacob Fulick's another one from um, Sunshine Coast Wanderers who had a great season, especially coming off the bench as a second-half impact striker. So, um, yeah, look, it's very, very hard to read them, but, no, I would be leaning towards, you know, yeah, it's um, they're unknown, but, look, I think, that, as you said, they're, I think they're, they're capable, but um, it, it comes down, you know, this is their second season in MPL. You know, do you think, you know, it's time for them to step forward or, you know, are they sort of at risk at, you know, being in relegation danger? I think last year they started off quite well, didn't they? And they managed to get a lot of their points on the board very early in the year. And they were stagnant in that position where they were about a game clear of the relegation battle the whole way. And that they just basically stayed there the whole time. So I think they might have filled in a little bit of a hole towards the back end of last season. But I, th- I think they can, I think they, if it all clicks for them, they could be comfortably mid-table. It's just I need to see it with them because 
these are they're just people that we probably haven't seen play. So in the front third, your point guys like Jacob Fulk and Dante Murray, I think they're going to score plenty of goals for them. Probably be a good replacement for the guys they've lost in the front third. But defensively, it looks quite solid. If they if these guys can come in and really help produce clean sheets down at Cornubia Park, the firepower is there to be really competitive. Don't forget they've got guys like Jeb Brown, who's a pl- who's a really good player as well in that front third for them. So I think they've got the talent. It's just we need to see it because it's not players we're familiar with. Well, I think also with Logan as well. I think you know, we, we keep on using this word consistency. I think for them, I think it's actually more about in-game consistency because a number of games uh, last season, they were in it. If, if the game ended at half time, they're picking up points, either winning or drawing. But I know, especially against um, Brisbane Raw last season, I think both games they went in nil, nil all at the break and they end up conceding six. So I think as well, I think consistency throughout the game, I think is just as important as, you know, the full performance and, you know, and through the season. So I think there's plenty of battles. I think, you know, it may be a side where they may, they may start off slowly, obviously with a lot of turnover, but they may, you know, find their groove and, you know, and sort of come home and really sort of, you know, you know, if they're not like clear of relegation, I think they can really sort of, you know, push that mid table. I think it'd be important for them, especially to, you know, so to really sort of, you know, as quick as they can find, find their feet as, as, as quick as they can. I think last year was about really establishing themselves as an NPL side, and they were able to do that pretty comfortably by the midway point in the season, and it did potentially take a dip towards the end. But I think this year, do you think they could potentially push up to mid-table, or do you think this is another year where they're going to be just trying to establish themselves and consolidate their position in this in this division? Uh, look, I think without without sort of seeing too much on these new signings, um, I, I actually I feel as though that they're going to be um, sort of in that bottom race, and I think they'll be they'll be sort of you know have relegation chasing chasing them for for a long way until they can really sort of you know find find their niche as far as you know that consistency. But um, I'm certainly not saying that they're going to get that you know they they're not saying outright that they're going to get relegated, but uh, certainly, I think that you know they need to they need to sort of you know get get to their feet, get on their feet, and really sort of you know pick up points early where they can to at least you know stave off that relegation fight. We'll get to who you think may or may not be relegated later when we go through our ladder predictions. But fi- firstly, we have to go through the twelfth and final team competing this year in the NPL Quinton. That is, of course, Capalbar FC secured their safety on the final day with that dramatic win over Redlands United at home. In the Bayside, though, they finished 11th last year under head coach David McAvoy. Now, Adam, there's not a lot we can say about the Inns at Capella Barrasi because at the time of recording, there hasn't been any published recruitment announcements from the boys from Capella Bar down there. So we don't know who they have brought in, but they've lost Jacob Mundich from the Roar Academy to the Roar Academy. Daniel Simic has gone to Magpies. They've also lost a couple of guys to Southwest Queensland Thunder. So... They're a very difficult one to read, aren't they? Because there hasn't been a lot of news out of Palabar over the course of the off-season. So not too sure where they're at, but it seems like they're going to be in and around that battle once again, doesn't it? Yeah, look, and looking at the outs, and that's what all we can judge at the moment, um, they want to get they want to get moving as far as, you know, if if it's if the Boeing achieving the transfer window may have closed, so they may they may be stuck with what they've got and may be holding a few a few sort of, you know, secrets as far as who they've actually recruited because the players have lost. Uh, and Jacob Woodnich, uh, Daniel Simic, you know, Francisco Perez, Rodriguez, 
especially with three of their better players from last season. So that, that's a, there's some big play, big name players that they've they've lost, and if they haven't replaced them, I, I dare say that they are, might be in big trouble. Um, would would you say that they're relegation favourites? We'll have to wait and see. I think they're one who'll be very interested to see who lines up for them this weekend. I think that'll be very very telling. See how have they brought players? I assume they have brought players in. Let's be clear, they probably have brought in two or three additions to replace these guys they've lost. We just aren't aware who they are right now. It's actually very difficult to preview Capalaba at this point in time, doesn't it? I think this is going to be one of those teams where we're going to have to have a gauge of them in about a month's time, Adam, to see exactly what they are capable of. Because at the moment, it's very it's very difficult to tell. Yeah, absolutely. And um, like I said, um, Max Haynes Field as well has been, a, has been a bit of a tricky spot for a number of teams. That's probably one, if you can look for a positive for them, um, not not a lot of teams like going to Max Haynes and getting results, especially if it's raining. Just ask the raining, raining and uh, defending uh, two-time uh, champions. No pun intended. They just to get a lot of points early in the year last year, actually, Adam, at home, and they got like four or five wins in their first six or seven home mm. games, and that really did underpin their successful survival tilt, didn't it? Because they were well clear at the halfway mark, and Redlands almost ran them down, but it was that early start of the year which did. did obviously help secure their safety. Do you think that might be their tactic here once again? Fly under the radar a little bit, have a couple of couple of announcements under the under wraps, not not leaking anything out, and then surprise teams early on? I think that has to be that has to be the goal. I think again, um they need to they need to um score they need to sort of, you know, get early results, get up the table as far as they can, you know, sort of and then ride the wave because I don't, I don't think they could get away with it twice. The, the collapse that they had, where they basically, I think it was one point in, one point in twenty-one, I think, which, which basically before that final game against, um, against local rivals Redlands on the, on the final day, um, I don't think they can afford. I don't think they'll get lucky this time, especially in this league against the, the, um, the quality of teams that they're up against them. So they really need to, if they're going to avoid relegation. They've got. They hopefully they've got a few players under wraps, and also as well, they need to get results on the board early. Absolutely, we shall wait and see what's going on down there at Max Field. Now let's head to our last couple of interviews, which is Matt Smith from Brisbane City and Rick Coglin from Logan. We'll hear what they have to say, and then we'll come back and potentially give out our previews and have a quick discussion on FQPL. But we're back right after this. Okay, we're joined on season three by the coach of Brisbane City, Matt Smith. Matt, that's talking to us once again. Yeah, welcome. Um, obviously, always a um, pleasure to. Um, to have a chat. Uh, week out from the season, starting and boys looking ready to go. Yeah, uh, look, we've we've had you know eight, nine, ten weeks of preseason now. Um, preseason friendlies are great. They're 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 important that we can that we can tweak and get some minutes in for legs. But there's nothing quite like competition. So we're we're very much looking to next Friday night. Last year was very successful in the FQ but I guess this is where the decides when we really be tested this year back up in the NPL competition. Yeah, absolutely. Like obviously the competition is going to be very very strong. We're, we're very respectful of the. Of the league and the and the nature of the teams, there's going to be some some fantastic games, you know. So, from a from a spectator point of view, it's you know it's a really exciting season to to be involved in it. We we're obviously back where the back where the club should be. So we're um, we're obviously very excited for it. Do you have any expectations for the season in terms of what you want to achieve, or is it just be competitive? Oh look, we, we don't talk about winning championships. We don't talk about setting setting targets. Um, along those measures, um, obviously the main point is focusing on week to week. Yeah. The main point for us is to be as best as what we can be. Um, for me, like I said, I don't I, I don't like to set targets. 
couple of additions to the squad, Luke Plummer, Robin Hoffman, how they're settling into the squad, what are you looking for from them from yeah. over the course of the year? Yeah, Robin Hoffman, Luke Plummer, Jackson Simkin. I, I, I think we've, we've, got, we've got some very, we've got a good mix of experience coming in. Um, players that know how to see out a season, players that know how to win things. I think that's important. Obviously, um, you know, we, we had a, a good nucleus and a good base of players that, that we formed in the FQPL. Um, that was the plan, obviously, was to you know, build, build a squad that can, if it went to plan last year, they could transition straight in. So we believe that we got that. Uh, just to play a coach here, we can see out on the field much this year, or is it going to be more of a coaching role? <laughs> um, probably a bit of both. Uh, like I said, it's um, I'm signed on and I'll play. But uh, but like I said, I, I, we, you know, we have some great defenders. We, we, we've got Bowlesy, Jonesy, Jackson um, in there as well. So you know, with Luke coming in, add some, add some good competition all over the park. And just finally, you got Peninsula Power away from home in round one, back up to OJ Kelly Park where you picked up the trophy last year. Looking forward to that matchup? Oh, um, Peninsula Power is a great club. You know, they're, 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 they've been very dominant over the last over the last decade here in, in, in South East Queensland. So um, it's a great facility up there. We're very much looking forward to the environment and atmosphere, and I'm sure it's going to be a good game. And just finally, there's a trophy in the line, the Foundation Cup. How important is that, or is it just about the three points to start the league season? Oh, we obviously every team wants to get off to a good start. Obviously, you know we're preparing to make sure that we perform well. Thanks, Tony. Just a good luck over the course of the season. Thank you. Joining us now from Logan Lightning is the coach Rick Coglin. Rick, thanks for joining us. Of course, thanks for having me, James. Yeah, and uh, Logan enjoyed a solid season last year uh, in the NPL, consolidating their position after getting promoted. What's been the approach as you prepare for twenty twenty two? Uh, yeah, look, much much the same. You know, we need to improve to become more consistent throughout the season. I think last year, albeit our first in the league, you know, we, we made no mistake. We wanted to stay in the league and make sure that we can long-term become more of a sustainable NPL club. I think going into year two within this competition now, it has to really be to raise the bar a little bit more, uh, push forward into the year to, to find some more consistency and try and sustain that throughout the, the duration of the season. So... I think we done really well at the start of last season. We picked up some really important points, which come in handy at the latter stages. But we definitely needed to, uh, to show this year that we can go another level and, and go a little bit further. And we've seen a fair few changes coming about with your squad as well, all mm. over the park. Um, yeah, who are those signings that we should be looking forward to seeing uh, come round one? Yeah, I think we've done really well with recruitment this year. I think it was uh, the culmination of a couple of years' work, which you know one. I wanted to freshen up the squad. The players who have been with us have done terrific to, one, get us out of the QPL and, and then help us obviously maintain our, our stature in the league, uh, in the NPL. So we had to then turn the corner and get some new new fresh faces in the building. Uh, yeah, and, and it was just that's part and parcel of the game and you know, the boys who have moved on wish them all the best for, for their upcoming season. I think we've recruited very, very well um, in some certain key areas that we wanted to, to improve and freshen up. I think our keeper is going to be one to watch, uh, Carlos. I think he's going to be a, a real mainstay, hopefully, and turn some heads this year. I think it's been a, it's been a huge coup for us to grab him. Um, looking across the squad, it's great to have some boys in there from from other NPL who've got some good experience. So Jacob Phillips had a great preseason with us. He's come down from Sunshine Coast Wanderers. They obviously had a tremendous year last year, um, so to grab him from there um, is, is a great pickup for us. Uh, Dante Mariner and. Uh, and Eddie, two two quick attackers, one from Devonport and one from obviously from Gold Coast Knights up here. Uh, Danny Mitwaley is another one. I think he's a, he's a real experienced holder midfielder. He's come up from MPL Vic. Uh, he's really impressed us lately. Uh, and probably 
there's uh, a late a late arrival in Neil Sands who joined us from Berlin Lions. Um, so yeah, I think we've I think we've improved in terms of some key experienced NPL players from either here or interstate. Uh, not to mention some you know some of the other boys who have joined us from from other clubs who've done terrific this preseason. But those are obviously the ones that have the experience that we're looking to push forward to and and yeah, push on from there. There's there's more to mention, of course. And you've obviously uh, retained quite a few of the key players as well, Jed Brown, etc., um, yeah, to yeah. you know keep the Logan Club culture going because obviously you don't want to start from scratch with that either. Oh, yeah, of course, that that was important. You know, we we made a, a very clear direction to want to recruit some some new players, as I mentioned, but not at the expense of the core senior boys that we wanted to continue building this team around. Obviously, you just mentioned one or two there, but. You know, there's, there's more than that. So we wanted to make sure that we you know, lock them away nice and early and build on that and, and add in some some real real good experience. I think we've done that. With your recruitment as well, how helpful is it having such a you know wide network of contact, being able to recruit from interstate and in some cases overseas? Yeah, that's been good. I don't think it's, it's any different to a lot of teams around here. You know, you build contacts, contacts through... You know, your coaching network, but also players also kind of become your best resource as well. Um, you know, I've managed to bring up one from Devonport, who obviously I worked with before. Uh, then it's just building the building you know, that that contact list of players who you have worked with or want to work with again, and then really the players start suggesting boys that might fit in or that think they will be good, uh, that that they know personally, and then it kind of evolves from there. So it's definitely. It's been a really good window for us. It's it showed in pre-season, so now we need to bring it to life and gel and, and kick on. Uh, just looking at the league in general, one thing that's really stood out to me and I'm sure to several other people is just how wide open the competition's going to be just with the overall distribution of talent across the teams. Uh, how do you feel mm. like it's going to play out? Yeah, I agree. I think it's going to be one of the toughest MPL leagues that, that has been around. Um Certainly, as I've moved into senior coaching in the state, uh, but I think talking to other coaches who have been in there probably a lot longer than me, you know, they're all the same opinion. It's going to be a very, very tough competition. There isn't those uh, those so-called gimmies or, or anything like that. So I think it's going to be a real tough, tough week-on-week uh, grind, which is great. It's exciting for the league, it's exciting for the teams, the players, the coaches. You know, that's what we want. I think more, more. Uh, more football like this, the better for this this competition and for the state in Queensland to have a league that's this competitive. Definitely. All right, well, I'll let you go with uh, one final question. Complete the mm. sentence. What's the story of Logan Lightning season going to be? We would aim for one of, of again, overachieving and raising the bar. I think that would be great for us. I think on paper there are three or four teams who are you know still ahead of the pack. Anyone below that who's finishing in the top six is a is a great outcome and a great season, especially for a lot of the clubs in that middle pack. Um, if we can finish anywhere up and around that, that's the goal. But yeah, I'd say definitely raising the bar and and taking another step towards becoming a, a long term sustainable NPL entity. Perfect. Well, Rick, thank you very much for taking the time. Good luck against Gold Coast Knights this weekend and uh, for the season coming. And hopefully, we'll talk to you again soon. Fantastic. Appreciate it, James. And now, continuing the Logan theme on the Brisbane Football Review, it is the new goalkeeper, Carlos Saliadare. Carlos, thanks for taking the time today. No problem, my pleasure to be here. 
Yeah, so you've uh, joined Logan from NPL New South Wales, put together a pretty stellar career in the leagues down there. What prompted the move to Queensland? Uh, just a lifestyle change, I guess. My family has moved up here a couple of years ago. Uh, my sister to study, then my mum's followed soon after. So, yeah, sort of oh, skyrocketing prices in Sydney. I had family up here. It just made sense to, you know, make the most of it and, and move to the sunny state, um, be closer to my family and just achieve a cost of living in that sense. Uh, um, so what was Rick's sales pitch to bring you to Logan specifically? Um, so we, we got shut down in COVID last year. I had a pre-existing relationship with um, Mark Askew, the old goalkeeper coach. So I was doing a bit of training with them just in case I had to go back to continue the season and whatnot. And I got to know Rick and Coochie in that time and a few of the lads around. And yeah, look, we, you know, we clicked from then and... My, my job situation changed um, and I had originally agreed to play with Mount Druid but I was going to be working up here. But yeah, my job the, my job changed and I took on a lot more responsibility at work so going to Sydney was out of the question. Um, and then yeah, they, they told me what the plan was um, moving forward. I knew they had just got them promoted. Um, so yeah, I wanted to be a part of it. It wasn't a situation too dissimilar from Mount Druid that I was in. So... I kind of liked the challenge that was ahead, and yeah, I just went with it. And Queensland, it's looking like it's going to be a fairly wide-open and competitive league this season. How much uh, have you been watching it over the last few years? Yeah, look, we've, we've watched a bit over the years, and obviously having some friends and whatnot, and um, ex-teammates that play up here. So we keep track on uh, like a fair bit of it, to be honest. Um, obviously, especially towards the top end of the table. Um, so... I know a fair few players already. Um, I've got, got teammates in other ex-teammates in other clubs um, and in my club now. So um, I'm still getting to know, obviously, pitches and coaches and things like that, and also the travel distances from the Gold Coast for myself to the game. But um, yeah, other than that, um, yeah, not nothing too dissimilar than what we're used to down there. Uh, having Gold Coast nights first up must be quite beneficial for you, then. Yeah, hundred um, percent. To be honest, you know, there was a couple of discussions that I had with them um, as well in regards to playing and whatnot, so there's a little bit added on to there <laughs> for the first round. Um, but yeah, look, they've got a great setup. They're really close to my house. Um, so I'm excited, you know, to, to have them first up. It'd be a good test for us and the boys. Um, obviously, they've got Scott McDonald in charge, so they're going to want to be pushing towards that top end of the, of the table. That's always their expectation. Um, so it'll be a good test for us. Um, we, we're really looking forward to it. And for you personally, have you got any specific goals for this season in terms of clean sheets or possibly you know, coming up for a late corner and getting on the end of a cross, perhaps? <laughs> I'd love to score one one day. But no, look, I've never set expectations on like uh, a figure, if you, you, know, if you will, on uh, X amount of clean sheets or whatnot. I just go out there and I want to do my job and I want, I want to enjoy it and just bring, you know, the years and years of experience that I have to this group. Um, at the end of the day, it is a fairly young group. Um, and, you know, the boys get stuck in, they work hard, so I just like to, you know, chip in where I can with little bits of information and whatnot that sort of help the boys around the park. But I'm just looking forward to the challenge, something new, something different, a new competition, a new state. Um, yeah, it's exciting. Well. 
thank you very much for taking the time today, and we're looking forward to seeing you in action both in round one and for the rest of the season coming. So, Carlos, thank you very much. No problem. Thank you. Uh, that was the player coach of Brisbane City, Matt Smith, and the goalkeeper from Logan Lightning, Carlos Saliadra. They're actually not Rick Cognitive. I apologise for that. We'll now move on to the part which I'm sure everyone is looking forward to holding against us for the next six months, Adam. Our season predictions. But before we get into those, we'll go through the FQPL1 very briefly. We won't go through all 11 clubs. We'll be here all night. It'll be a four-hour show if we do that. But we'll go through some of the notable moves over the course of the off-season. Brisbane Strikers have... Started their rebuild with Luke Borean, Jordan Farina, and Ethan Grimley joining. Magpies Crusaders have brought back local standouts Liam Shipton and Michael Lyle. Rochdale Rovers has strengthened with Marek Madley and Alex Stabilian joining their squad. Such Echoes Fire have probably brought in the biggest name in the FQPL1 this year, which is the former A-League goalkeeper Jared Tyson joining Mitch Spear, who was a former Sydney FC NYL player. Well, the Thunder have gone the other way, and they've unfortunately lost Veku Sarugu, Veku Sarugo, Pasquale Devita, Jace Hudson, and Cormac McCarthy. Adam, and we might start there with the two-time defending, or two-time FQPL Grand Finalist from from up there on the range. It does appear like they've lost a couple of really key players, and it might be very difficult for them to make it three Grand Finals in a row and potentially promotion. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be difficult. I think um, I think they're the victim as well. Is that you know they they sort of were under the radar for for the, for a lot of time. But I think uh, two grand finals now. I think a few players they've found uh, Pascal Devita. Um, I think is a huge loss for them. He was he was you know pretty much their hard soul. They did they have so far held on to um, Mirko Crociati, their defend their defender and captain, who I think you know potentially is probably the best player in um, in. FQPL at the moment. So they've held them on, but I think it's going to be a big ask for, um, you know, bringing up, you know, obviously their, their youngsters up there as well as, you know, relying heavily more on the Toowoomba Premier League players. Look, we don't, we don't see much of uh, Toowoomba Premier League, so it's hard to gauge where they're at. There, there's a potential that they may find a few diamonds amongst the rough, but um, yeah, I think eventually, see, until we go further than us, I think that, you know, a third grand final might be a step too far from, at least for this season. Absolutely. The big question over in the FQPL is how are the Brisbane Strikers going to go? They're all, they are obviously a, a massive club here in Queensland. Last year was obviously an embarrassment for them, given to be relegated with something they would never have foreseen coming. But they have strengthened with guys like Luke Burry and Jordan Freener and Ethan Grimley joining, as well as a few other players who are FQPL1 stalwarts. How do you think they're going to go? Because they're starting basically from scratch. And the difference between the Strikers and Brisbane City 12 months ago is City had a pretty much established team which was ready to go and to run over the top of the FQPL competition. With strikers, it was a very young group. They've added a few experienced players to it, and I'm intrigued to see how they're going to go. How do you think they might be might go this year? I th- I think I think it might be a couple of year project. Uh, obviously, Luke Borian and Jordan Freno are huge signings for them. Um, Ethan Grimley obviously is a very very accomplished player. So Felly Sheriff as well, you know, a very very good player in FQPL. But there's not much else around them, no, and that might be a problem. You know, those four players alone can't get them over line because you lose one or two of them to injury or whatever. Um, look, I actually think that you know. 
they, they may be closer to the bottom and then returning, at least for this season. I think I, this might be a, a couple of year project to get them back. It's not going to be like, I very much highly doubt that it will be like City where basically they run run the board and they go straight back. I think this is a different challenge, a much bigger challenge for Brisbane strikers um, to overcome if they want to return to MPL in 2023. Absolutely. And just more generally, I'm just the expectations of this season, I think it's going to be incredibly close. Isn't it? There's a lot of, there seems like there's about six or seven teams, maybe even eight teams who look like they are incredibly even. And I think it's going to be one of these competitions, but I think everyone's going to take points off each other. And much like the mid-table battle, mid battle in the MPL Queensland, consistency is going to determine who get these two promotion spots. Because again, it could go to at least a half dozen, if not more teams on terms of talent. And I think that's the byproduct of having a smaller MPL competition is that um, FQPL1 also becomes a very, very strong league. And there's a lot of clubs with ambition. Like a, like a, t- a club like Rochdale now, this would be, I think, their fifth season in um, in FQPL, which I think for them, I think it, 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 it almost, you know, would be grating on them because they are they have been one of the traditional you know powerhouses in the local game but to be sort of in the second division and no disrespect to that league for them i think would be almost intolerable so i think this is the year where you know they have to step up and um and to deliver they've, they've brought in some you know some big time players to be able to do that they've just got to put together and i think in the last couple of years they have been unlucky where they've had clubs like brisbane city and in the inaugural year you had um you had peninsula power in there so i think i think this is the year where they are going to be the hunter because i think they're the ones that stand out most as far as being i guess the favorites to be to uh, win the league and be promoted have to wait and see how that's the way it pans out we'll also there are four former queensland state league champions in this division, you've got the Brisbane Strikers, who you mentioned, as well as Redlands United and Western Pride, who all three have picked up silverware in the MPL Queensland. And also you've got Sunshine Coast Fire, who were previously Queensland State League champions before the MPL formed. So there's four former champions in this league, Adam. Now, let's go to let's get to the fun part, our predictions. And we'll start off with the FQPL 1. And since James is not here, I'm going to make his predictions for him. And James is basically going to pick... From one to eleven in alphabetical order. That's his prediction. I'm not even, <laughs> I'm not even looking at it to see what that makes <laughs> out like. That's that's James's prediction, and he's stuck with it because he didn't send through anything. So, so bad luck, James. That's his predictions. What about you, Adam? All right. Hopefully, hopefully, he didn't go that simple. No, 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 no. I had a bit of thought to it. Um, all right. So from from top from bottom to top, I think that Southside Eagles, I think, will finish bottom. Um, the good season last season, but I think you know luck may have ran out for them. Uh, also, I think joining him in, in FQPL 2 next season, 10th spot, Ipswich Knights. Uh, in ninth, Western Pride. Eighth, Brisbane Strikers. Uh, seventh, uh, Southwest Queensland Thunder. Uh, sixth, I think Kabulcha, who are the promoted FQPL 2 team up there. I I think that they've recruited very well and, you know, especially with Terry Kirkham at the helm, I think they're really going for it. I think they may fall just short, I think, uh, this year from going, you know, you know, through the, you know, through the glass ceiling twice. Uh, Redlands, I think, were fifth. I think they, they're consistently a, a, a good side. And they, they, they had a tough season NPL. I think they'll be, I think they will at least show some consistency, but maybe fall just short. And my top four, Mitchelton in fourth, in third place, I think Sunshine Coast Fire. I think they've, they've improved uh, dramatically. I think that they um, will be in the reckoning. Uh, I think Magpies Crusaders 
will finish second and earn their way back to MPL. And I think Rochdale will will uh, be the premiers and also get their ticket to MPL 2023. How about you, Scott? Uh, mine is not too dissimilar to yours. So I have Southside Eagles in 11th as well, Nipswich Knights in 10th and Western Pride in ninth, so I agree with you and all that. In eighth, I've got the Thunder. I just think that they've lost too many players to remain competitive in this league, given how tight I think it's going to be. I think, I think there's going to be a pretty clear gap between them and the bottom three, but I just think the teams above them have all strengthened and they've unfortunately lost players. So I have to, that might be a bit of a step back for them this year. Seventh, Caboolture. I think they're. I think that's a two-year project for them to get up to the NPL. Sixth, Sunshine Coast Fire, the improved fire for me for new sixth. I've got the Strikers finishing in fifth. Mitchelton fourth, Magpies in third, Redlands second, and Rochdale also winning the premiership and getting promoted. So I've got Redlands and Rochdale, or Rochdale and Redlands in that order getting promoted. But I think it's it's very tight. Again, there's about six or seven teams there which you could easily make a compelling argument for finishing in the top two. Yeah, look, absolutely. And like I said, I might get hate mail from Brisbane Strikers and may never be allowed to park the Prairie again. But look, I do think, the, and the only reason why I say that, as I said in my summary before, is that I just think, you know, relying on those four gun players may not be enough for this season. I think that, you know, especially if you lose, if you lose one of them. And look, the, the odds are that, that those four players, you know, being there at the end, you know, when it's near the most, you know, something generally does happen and I just think yeah that maybe relying on the next the the rest of the squad to be able to carry that might be just a bridge too far this season but look if 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 those four remain healthy and I might and just a reminder who afford like Luke Borian, Jordan Farina, Felly, Sheriff and Ethan Grimley if they can sign the pitch all season look um they could they could even sneak in the finals football, but I'm just taking the odds of probability and saying that you know, I think it might be just a little bit tough for them, especially in a league which will do again like the impel demand consistency, you know, across the whole season. I tend to agree with you on that. Just quickly, uh, your golden boot prediction for FQPL one is, I think the returning Michael Lyle. I think will, I think uh, he he is you know an absolute stalwart up at Magpies Crusaders. Um, he had, he had a season off last season to play in the local leagues, but he's back. There's obviously a reason why he's back. And um, yeah, look, I, I think a, a player like him, I think he's gonna be hard to keep out. For me, it's Shuto Kubiyama. He was outstanding for Mitchelton last year when he joined. That side was near the bottom of FQP one. He joined. They made a push up the table in the second half of last year. I don't think it's any coincidence. His goals helped spark that. A full season with him in that side. Again, if he can stay healthy, I think he could score 20-plus goals. And who knows, maybe they might finish in the top two. I'll have to wait and see. But I think he may very well be a difference maker for them this year. Right. Now we will move on mm-hmm. to the NPL men's predictions for round for the season. And I'm just looking for where James has sent his through to me. Yep. I'll go through those first. So this is James's predictions. Don't hold these against me. This is his predictions. 12th, in, 12th is Capalabar, 11th, Sunshine Coast, 10th, Morton Bay, 9, Logan, 8, Easts, 7, Brisbane Raw, 6, Gold Coast United, 5th, Peninsula Power. And James's top four is 4th place, Brisbane City, 3rd place, Gold Coast Knights, 2nd place, Olympic, and he has Lions finishing on top of the table. Adam, what about you? I think our Lions finally got to him after the threats last season about him having him uh, finish. It fifth. sounds like it, doesn't it? Yep. Uh, he's he's, he's, he's drinking the Kool Aid from Lions again, which is good to see. Um, okay, so my um, so my uh, predictions for this season. Um, I think Capalbar will finish twelfth. 
Um, and I think Logan, unfortunately, I think it will be 11. That's a process of elimination um, based on that. Intense Sunshine Coast, it breaks my heart to say that Morton Bay probably fished ninth. Uh, Brisbane Raw, eighth. Eastern, seventh. Uh, Brisbane City, sixth. Gold Coast Knights, five. Peninsula, and then top four, Peninsula Power, four. Gold Coast United, three. Uh, Olympic, two. And uh, Lions, to win the premiership again. Um, Just because you had Gold Coast Knights fifth and Gold Coast United third. Yeah, in an absolute blanket finish. Okay. Like you, I think it will be close between those top five, but we'll get to that in a moment. Uh, 12th place, I have Capalaba. 11th place, Decent Suburbs. For me, I think those two, I think it'll be really, really tight for a couple of things above, but I do think those two will be the two to go down. Unfortunately, 10th, Logan Lightning. 9th, Sunshine Coast Wanderers. 8th, Brisbane City. 7th place, Brisbane Raw. 6th, Morton Bay United. 5th place, Gold Coast United. 4th, Peninsula Power. 3rd, Olympic. 2nd place, Gold Coast Knights. And like both of you, I have Lions finishing on top of the table. It's a bit difficult to pick anything else. It might seem a bit boring and predictable, but it does appear they have the best squad. And I think if anyone who finishes above them, Adam, would be winning the league. Yeah, I think I heard that quote. Um heard that quote this weekend when we we're doing our, our media stuff. But uh, yeah, look, with, with Lions simply that, you know, uh, to actually improve the squad, and I think they actually have improved their squad from what they've done last season. Um, yeah, it makes them very, very hard to, to top again. And look, I, I actually agree with that statement that, you know, whoever finishes above Lions are champions, or at least our premiers. Absolutely. The finals is a whole different picture. Not even going to get into that, but in terms of the regular season, I do tend to agree with that. In terms of Golden Boot, are you going to go with the obvious, or have you got something um, out, of, out of left field, perhaps? No, nah, the obvious. Andy Pangeli, I think, will have his third Golden Boot and may need to get another cupboard for, for those Golden Boots. Yeah, I would like to differ with that, but unfortunately, I just can't. I think, he, I think he's going to score 20-plus goals this year in that Lions side, and I'd as much as other really good players, I can, I just think the service that he's going to get, he's going to get a boatload of chances. I think he'll come. He seems he does convert a lot of chances. I think that's what he's really good at converting opportunities. I think he's going to get a bunch of them for for Lions. I tend to agree. Yeah, look, you know, I look, I, I agree, and, and the reason why I also landed on Andy Pingelli is simply he he is the, is the standout striker four lines and he will get the majority of chances. Whereas a lot of teams around him, there are plenty of multiple goal scorers, which will probably take goals off each other. And that doesn't necessarily mean that lines will score the most goals overall, because I think there's some really high powered attacks in there, but there's going to be multiple goal scorers where I think the majority, or at least the, the, the large majority of goals will be scored by lines um, by Andy Pangeli. Absolutely. And just quickly, one bold prediction from yourself for the season. Anything can be as left field or as or as much of a tap-in as you like. Look, I actually think that the finals places and the relegation battle will come down to the last last round of the season. I think it's, I think this season's going to be that close that we're not going to know until the last games. That, that's, that's my bold prediction. I think this is going to be a fascinating season. I think it's going to um, play out right to the end. For me, there were 29 points between 4th place and 11th place last year. I think that's going to be halved. I think the gap between 4th and 10th will be 15 points at best. I think that battle between there is going to be really, really, really tight. And that's what we're saying. If you're not in that race to be in the top four, you may be looking over your shoulder because I think it's going to be that 
that type. But we will look ahead now, Adam, to round one, which tentatively is scheduled to start on Friday night. I say tentatively scheduled because, as we all know here in Queensland, round one of the NPL must traditionally be impacted by some degree by some degree due to weather, and it looks like it may be heading in that way uh, once again this year. But as scheduled currently, Friday night you have the Foundation Cup between Peninsula Power and Brisbane City. On Saturday, Gold Coast United, Brisbane Royal Academy, Logan Gold Coast, Kapalabar Lions and Moreton Bay and Sunshine Coast. And the round concludes with Olympic against Eastern Suburbs. Adam, just quickly, any particular matchup there that you're going to be paying close attention to? Oh, obviously the Foundation Cup. I think that's always a fascinating tie uh, between the um, the two the two champions. Um, I think the other game I'll be very interested in. I think Morton Bay and Sunshine Coast Wanderers. I think we'll actually get a gauge on where those those two clubs. Are. I look at them as perhaps you know middle of the road as far as that. And I think you know a result one way or another, like a big blowout result. And I think we may get some early trends um, as far as where sort of the season re will lie. Thank you, Mr. Mayor of Moreton Bay for that one. I'll, the game which I'm intrigued in actually is Gold Coast United and Brisbane Roy, not from a Brisbane Roy perspective. It's actually Gold Coast United. I was talking to Gray Piddick. He was looking at this as a, as a real statement game for them, as you heard earlier in the show. It's a statement game that they're looking to come out against teams like this last year where they drop points, if they can get points in these sort of games, it can catapult them up into that top four reckoning. So I think this is a really important game to start off with at home for Greg Pittick's side down there at Talabudger. So for me, that is potentially the most intriguing match of what is a very good first round. Yeah, look, I think the, the schedule for the first um, five weeks, I think yeah, there's some outstanding games, um, you know, especially uh, next weekend as well, um, obviously with the two semi-final rematches as well, which I think is going to be, you know, must-see must um, Lions uh, and Peninsula Power um, next fr- next Friday night. Uh, that's that's going to be a massive game. I think that's the first big grudge match of, of the new season, but also as well, Olympic and uh, Brisbane Raw at Underwood Park uh, with the Raw actually playing, having a home ground this year, which is going to be a bit of a novelty. Um, as as well, um, that, I think so. I think the first couple of rounds of the season, I think uh, Gold Coast Knights and potential power play at at some stage as well in, in the next in the early rounds as well. So I think there's plenty of big games early up, and I think we're going to get um, some very early clues about who is where, you know, straight away. Absolutely, that will do it for this season preview here for our 2020 MPL Queensland preview on the Brisbane Football Review. A reminder that we will have our Sunday show back this week and and every weekend over the course of the 2022 season, recapping the events of the MPL men's, MPL women's when it does kick off, as well as the FQPL competitions. But Adam, that'll do it for now. Thanks for joining me on this season preview. Yep, thanks, Scott. Always a pleasure, and uh, plenty of uh, plenty of Sunday nights to mull over all the action, and plenty of football to watch as well over the course of the next six months. Do get out and support your local club in the F- MPL, FQPL, or whatever level of football they are in. It is very important that you do that. Support your local club so they do continue to grow. But that'll do it for the season of the Brisbane Football Review. We will be back on Sunday as well as next week with our regularly scheduled A League program. For now, we'll talk to you later.